What up, world? It's your boy, just one of the guys down here. Well, I could be more specific. Uh, I'm a human. And I uh, just wanted to, you know, for the sake of all of us earthlings out there, just wanted to say... Another week of SVS Live Fishing Podcasting. I want to send a big shout out to our buddy Pat for uh, for introducing us to this song for tonight's I've never show. Heard that. That's hilarious. <laughs> uh, you gotta love Snoop Dogg. I'm a marijuana plant. I get you. <laughs> yeah, son. So uh, we got a little bit of fishing talk to you, talk about today, but not much. Uh, I know I've been tying flies. Mark has to because that's what he does. Jay, you tie any flies this week? No, I didn't. No, Jay? I have intention to f- tie no. some flies. No, I got the vice hooked up at the table and all the shit just sits there. Look at it from time to time. Got like a big operation of fishing going on, but nobody's sitting at that fucking chair ever. <laughs> Lazy man. I got enough, man. I catch them if, I, if they're to be caught, and they're going to be caught on the ones in my box that I presently have. <laughs> and if it works, I will go fix up another one. There you go, man. That's, hey, that's a good uh, good philosophy to have. 
Ah, uh, dude, I tied when I started out, man. I tied so many flies, like, and then you, I seen your post the other day, and I, I was like, yeah, you got a, sh- everybody got a shitload of flies they tied that probably weren't fucking good. You didn't. Some people threw them away. Like, smart about it, but you could salvage those hooks, you know. I still have a giant cut on my thumb from cutting hooks because, uh, you know, little old me, I use a double bladed razor when <laughs> I was cutting hooks, and I was going with from your th- mouth. And I was going from the eye toward the bend, and I was holding the hook at the bend. A couple of times it slipped off, got me right in the thumb. I yeah, got that, one. That whole pack you finger. gave me of of them razors, uh, I haven't touched one yet. They don't want to end up bloody like you. <laughs> I uh, I work at a shop that we have single bladed razors, but I didn't want to go to work to grab razor blades on my day off. That would have been the way to go. Single blades are night and day whenever you're stripping hooks down. Yeah. Yeah, but look, a, down, a really good tied fly is hell to cut apart. Uh, luckily, back in the day, I didn't believe in using glue. Yeah, so. no, no, like the first. <laughs> you the, got the, lucky. The very beginning of it is is a little tough, and then the rest, boom, because you put your just your. You would have in. noticed with that. Uh, even when you get all the glue and all that, like, if you get it down to that, you know, right to the shank, Still almost, rough. dude, just light it on fire. As soon as that stuff all goes on fire, you want, it, I mean, wipe it right off with a paper towel and boom. It's a lot easier than just gnawing away at it with a razor. Yeah. I ended up breaking a pair of snap-on flush cutters, too, because I was trying to just cut a lot of material off, and I ended up getting down and getting the, the shank of the hook and snap the tip right off my pliers. Oh. But... Luckily, they're a lifetime warranty. There you go. Yeah, son. Speaking of that, hey, a little self-promotion. If anyone wants to buy a toolbox, I got a classic 78 for sale. All black. It's classic. (laughs) That's a shameless plug. Speaking of shameless plugs, tonight's show brought to you by Predator Flag Gear. Check them out at predatorflaggear.com. A-Rex Hooks. Freshwater, saltwater. A-Rexhooks.com. Yeti. Built for the wild. Sims Fishing. Find them at simsfishing.com. Check out our boys at Why Not Fishing, and they're after the dock. And yeah. I want to want to shout out. Oh no, we got to shout Mark out. He ties flies at the studio right here, Urban Fly Company. Right, we're getting that right. Dot com. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got anything good going on? You got any uh, Valentine's Day specials? No. <laughs> Fuck nope. it with you a little bit there, but you sure you? If you put, buy a pink fly, I'm I'll sure you can put you something together. Fly. I'm sure you could put something together. You get some heart boxes. Go dump the shit chocolate out of it. And yeah, there you go. You should yeah. buy some heart boxes. And stuff some flies in them. Yeah. Spread the love. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, I've seen a, a cool video on Facebook, actually. Pogo Pike fishing with Pete Mania. You see that? Yes. That's pretty That's cool. pretty sweet. <laughs> I didn't, didn't know that existed, but... I didn't either. <clears throat> actually, uh, Pogo's buddy... Just uh, posted also that their uh, their videos coming close to being done. The one Pogo did with uh, Dave Huff and oh, nice. some of the boys up in Connecticut way. That'd be cool. I liked how the video ended with a, a musky caught on a sucker. Yeah. Yep. It's greatest. Yeah, greatest. Somebody, yeah, somebody got to get one, right? Hey, you got guys throwing gear, guys throwing flies, and the I only heard. one that catches fish is a guy throwing a sucker. Yeah. Everybody I've got seen their Dave day. Huff got. His first yeah, one of the year, too, is a good one. fish, man. Yeah. Pretty fish, too. It's a nice coloration to it. It was. Um, speaking of muskies, Mark took a, one of our boys out yesterday for his first uh, experience. I did. That was a good time. What, Derek's been, what, just the last two tying nights. Is it just get, two? Last two or three. We've got to know him a little bit, and he's been itching to get out muskie fishing. Did he have any uh, experience with uh, 
gear musky fishing? Mm-mm. Oh, not not to my knowledge. No. I don't. So that. Uh, oh, I mean, he I'll has wait. experience fly fishing. Yeah. So I mean, people around here don't want a musky fish. <laughs> concept him like f- casting was. I mean, he did a great job. He fished well. He uh, definitely like I kept an eye on him. Just I mean, we fished fairly close together the whole time. But I was just watching. I mean, he kept himself in position to see fish. So, I mean, that's the main thing. You know, I mean, he was fishing to fly the way it needed to be fished and kept it in an area where at least he could try to see something. But it was just kind of like another messed up weekend. I mean, every weekend, it's we've had a great week, Monday through Thursday. Friday comes, pressure system comes in. Mm-hmm. Same thing this week. It was just garbage. Are you I complaining mean, about the weather? Oh, Always, well, we man. We started, what, Shit, Friday? You move to Florida. Friday, what, 8 a.m.? You know, it started far raining. Far away from Ohio and PA. Rain the whole way through all day Friday and mostly through Saturday. And rained the whole day yesterday while we were fishing. So everything rose, but we at least had decent enough water to fish, but it was moving a lot better. So absolutely nothing. You were at time. the right place to catch one if you if it was going to happen. Oh, yeah. And it was just one of them days where I, mean, I told him, I said, we're probably chances are we won't see anything. And if we do, it's going to be just one real quick kind of deal with it and kind of the area that we were at i was above the tree and he was below the tree and it's just you know there's one sitting underneath it it's just what do you got to do to get him to poke its head out and i ran that thing through probably like six different times and i went through with a packerini tail and black gold went through with a white real deep river pig went through on the top with white and black finally i was like i don't know i don't know at this point it's like little after five it's getting dark i'm like screw up throw yellow on dredged it down and i'm looking kind of towards the log and i know where my fly's at and i see the fish's head come out i'm like oh here we go so as soon as i see him i strip up the bank a little bit and he charges out of the log jam like yep he's on we start going around the eight and i'm like kind of yelling at the fish the whole time i'm speeding it up and it's coming up and it's just it doesn't want to eat it's just going up real slow and it's diving off like three four inches before it so I'm speeding it up real hard. I'm yelling out the whole time, and this is going on. And Derek's down, and he's probably thinking, like, what the heck is he doing? What's up and with this goofy at bastard? At this point, I'm going like eight, ten turns around with this fish, maybe even more, and just, come on, eat, 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 eat. And I'm pausing in areas, and as soon as I'd hang, he'd come up on it, and he'd dive off, and all of a sudden I lost it. And I'm just figuring it a couple more times around, and then it appears again off to my left. It flies over to the right. So I hurry up and I rip the fly right in front of its face and almost hit it with it. And it catches right on. It's right back after. I'm like, all right, get over here. I need a net now. <laughs> Make about two more turns. I hear him coming, hanging on the top. Fish comes up, hammers it. Bam. Pretty much. Yeah, I tell you what, that was the first one I did on the nine weight. And that fish had some spunk. Yeah, it's fun fighting them on a nine weight. It wanted to just sit and thrash at the bank for a little bit. Then once it settled and scooped it right in the net and. Definitely had some energy. So I got, got a couple pictures, and it just shot out of my hands, and boom, hit the water, boom, gone. So did you end up taking three rods down with you yesterday? Yeah. <laughs> and I had another one in the truck case we needed. Because I had the full sink, and I probably could have switched to a full sw- sink, but the problem was is then I had to I had to kill two rods to do it. Because I needed the reel that was on the 9 weight, and I needed the 10 weight in order to throw that line. So I was like, I just don't want to kill two of them. And then we had your line with my rod on the 10 weight, which did good. But then I switched up with them after a while. And the problem is, is it did really well with singles and mediocre size doubles. You got anything bigger? The rod I had just wasn't made for that like the other 10 weight could. Yeah. So it's tough to throw anything big with it. I figured with high water and a move, and I was going to try to throw some bigger, gaudy stuff to try to get their attention. And just 
Nothing moving. Should have took my Predator. Should have. That would have been nice to have two of them, but oh well. But no, he casted well, and he switched over, took the Predator for a little bit, fished it for a while, and tried to stick with stuff that, you know, given the conditions, would maybe at least get him intrigued to come up, you know, and get him engaged into the eight and see what they'll do from there. But getting into position to get them to where they can feed out right now is just it's almost impossible without burying your line. No, there's no way you can work it that slow with a six, seven inch line. Did you give Derek a, a big fly to try casting no. for a little bit just to see what it was like? No. We stuck with the normal stuff. Are you doing any like slow double hand or a little off and on, but more than that, just slower than that. None of that drift Even stuff. a lot of drifting, a lot of just popping and just pop, 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 and then pause and just let it hang, 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 hang. Then just pop. And almost just working it like with, you know, like, like rolling it over your fingers almost with like a little snap. Just enough to get it to twitch and move and get that tail to flutter. And just try to work it as deep as you can and just keeping movement in it the whole time. And then once you get them close enough to the bank, if you can see that they're there, hurry up and get that fly getting going a little bit quick, and they'll engage on it. And if they engage, you're good. If they don't, they're not going to eat it. Vertical jigging muskies out of the structure. And I tell you what, that's another thing as I did is I went to like a six-foot-long leader, and I got them real heavy single flies and went to a floater line. Dropped and that's it all what, the way and in. And just dropping it right on them and just jigging it up, and I've moved a lot. That's what that fish came on. That was yeah. the exact method. Probably got to get I them threw out of that there thing out. the bite regardless. I threw that fly out probably five, six-foot high of the log. I threw a mend upstream, and I let it sit the whole way down in, and I just popped it right up the whole way back. And the nice part is, is even though I had a lot of current in between me and the line, you with that upstream... I have 40. Mm. With that upstream mend, I was able to still work that fly directly back at me without it getting sucked down in like it would with an intermediate. So, but that, all I got is a 10 weight and a floater, and it throws really well on the 9. Worked. It's not as easy to figure 8 with, though. You really got to get into it, because that rod flexes a lot. Is your is that 9-footer rod? Mm-hmm. See, that's where my stupid, my 9 weight's at 8.5, mm. so I lose a lot of the power, and it really, it, it's hard to figure eight. They do. They flex hard. And I tell you what, even that 10 Predator, for just being a 10, God, that rod fishes so well. I mean, especially with like a, uh, like when you're fishing areas like that that are real tight, you get the head out of like a musky pike line, you get that first 30 feet out and you can haul, you can cover the whole creek at 60, 70, 80 feet easy with just, just that head out of them. I mean, that line will, and that rod work well together. Yeah. It'd be nice if that line would hold up just maybe a little smidgen longer. <laughs> yeah, three they made or four it trips every time. A little bit more durable. Ah, Constant. But um, well, we gotta call Dan here in just a minute. But I want to. I want to bring up one story real quick. Mark almost killed Jay on Friday. It was one of the yeah. funniest things I've ever seen. <laughs> That's right. We uh, we had a little. Jason forgot already. We had a little get together, uh, cleaning deer tails, and. Jay was standing in the garage, and Mark walked outside oh. <laughs> and was flinging, like, the water that we had cleaned the tail. He was flinging it, so trying to dry per- it off. permeating the air for Jason? No, it, some went in Jay's mouth. Oh, <laughs> even yummier. <laughs> mm-hmm. It tastes gamey. The Yingling uh, killed it all, though, right? Oh, yeah. The, the urine rinse. Yep. Your garage <laughs> urine rinse. smelled so bad that night. Oh, my God, it was horrible. It was the most musty, meaty. Like even the women couldn't walk through without like covering her. Oh, they ran. Your, they ran through. Your wife and daughter ran. Yeah, it was bad. It was bad up until yesterday. Yeah, it was good today. 
They look nice. Yeah. All nice and fluffy now, dried up. Sucks that it went to, you know, not real, real cold. Didn't stick with the cold weather. That would help dry yeah, them out a little bit really better, probably. Yeah. Now you get them and give them just a little brush and they're... Mm. Yeah, I think combing them before we hung them, it's going to make, when we bring them down and just comb them real quick, it's going to make that a lot easier. Mm -hmm. You hang those around your fireplace to dry. No, sir. (laughs) You mean, it'll be all right. Not not coming back in my household. Be warm and dry and warm. Can't be shy, man. That's what you got the fireplace for. No, that's not what I have the Double fireplace duty. for. Double duty. Dries socks from wet waders and deer tails. Did you dye the red? Mm-hmm. Nice. Looks nice and crimson. Mm-hmm. That's nice. That orange in the back's ours. Nice tail. Yeah, man. That's what we do. We do good tails. Mm-hmm. Clean. Man, that's just looking up at all them hanging there, and they're just... Looking back at what we started with in that bucket when we dumped them out, and I even have some pictures on the phone just looking at them going, Wow. Them things were bad. Yes, they were. That was that was a rough. That was a rough batch. Batch, but they came out awesome. Yep. Did you notice you guys yourselves getting uh, faster? Guys, need, uh, more need efficient. That's what I mean. Like yes. yes, I don't know that speed you're ever going to get away with there, just because it determines on a tail. If you, you get a like batch a- of crystal clean tails and you can blow through them, when you get these, I mean, there's times you're spending four, five, six minutes cleaning each tail to get them the way that you want them. You need like an old school, like a dishwasher from a a restaurant. Like a steamer type, throw them in there, rinse the shit out of them, spray yeah, them. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but, the uh, ones you I like, mean, they yeah, pull yeah, down the yeah, pull down yeah. the hammer on them and yeah, it. Yeah, well, I mean, you're you're that's hot. You Set it up in Chad's mean? garage. Like, like you standing there going through the fibers, yeah, four or five runs through that, then then waste your, you know what I mean? Might cut your your really <laughs> handling them time down. You know what I'm saying? Next thing you know, you'll go get a, a like one of the economy. Uh, um, dryers from the laundromat down here in West Middlesex. Anything you guys getting rid of? <laughs> Have two you're putting quarters in. Your business. dryer works just fine. <laughs> yeah, your dryer's doing good. <laughs> Boy, you want to talk about some funk. You got to put your head in that dryer when you're taking them out. Oh. <laughs> saying I don't want to take it back to my house and dry clothes with it. Oh that would really, honest to God, kill you, Jay. <laughs> it's bad. That would be the death of me. Yes. Oh, that remember could come too, in your house. before next time we do it, we got to clean the back van off. Yeah. I didn't know. Sure. I was, was fine. Are you like, like running those in the bag? Even being around. No, no, raw dog in the dryer. Yummy. With the door open and everything out, I can't. I was fine even with the allergies. I mean, they really. They were pretty oh, clean at this point, though. They're pretty clean. Yeah. You'll reach in and start grabbing a couple out, and all some thump. We also were rubbing the them on my face for a little bit. <laughs> so, what do you guys say? You want to take a little break? Give Dan a call. See what's happening. Yeah. What are we gonna be talking to Dan about? We're gonna be talking about. Getting your kids into the out of doors with Dan Frazier. I need the first segment to be about getting your kids off of the phone. That might be one of them, man. That might be a 1A. Ah, shit. They used to go to the outdoors. Now Wi-Fi is king. That's it, man. Quit paying Spectrum. Give Mother Nature the bill. What do you mean? That's the best babysitter I got. (laughs) Okay, reliable. (laughs) And we are back with Dan Frazier, the author of The Orvis Beginner's Guide to Carp Flies, 101 Patterns, and How and When to Use Them. Hey, Dan, first off, big fan. (laughs) Thanks. Oh, that's nice. That's nice to hear. (laughs) So... (laughs) Jesus Christ. That was an awesome way to start the interview. (laughs) That, That was a little inside joke. 
<laughs> so that's funny. So Dan, tonight we want to talk about getting your kids into the outdoors. What uh, what tips and tricks do you have? I'm sure we have a couple we can sprinkle in along the way. Uh, Jace asked a good question off air. Uh, how many kids do you have, and how many of them are enjoying the outdoors? Yeah, uh, I have a 16 year old daughter. Uh, named Ella, so I'll be referring to her by name probably, unfortunately. But um, she uh, she loves the outdoors, and she really loved it when she was younger. The the teenage years has um, slowed down her being outdoors a little, um, more out of time than than desire, I think. But uh, but I'm one for one there. And then and one of the things that was that has been uh, great uh, about having a daughter is. She has a lot of friends that don't get outdoor exposure uh, unless we do it. So we've taken numbers of groups of her friends canoeing and kayaking or camping or fishing or or whatever it is we do. She'll uh, she'll we've gotten to a point where she invites them to come and and uh, and experience it for the first time. So we we spent a lot of time outdoors in the last 16 years. Um, you got a new skip last year, did uh? Did she end up coming out at all with you? And did uh, she go carp fishing? That's a that's a great question. She did end up on the skiff a couple of times uh, with her friends. Both times turned into photo shoots <laughs> rather than fishing. Um, Dad take a picture of us in our bikinis, you know that kind of stuff. Uh, they don't say the in our bikinis part, but I'm sure that's part of the motivation. Um, duck faces and standing on the but you know. Though that that flat skiff's uh, real conducive to a photo shoot because you got big flat platforms to stand on and and pose and give you know peace signs and duck faces and stuff. So we did a couple of photo shoots and then we did spend a few days just you know out tooling around. Um, uh, one of the things I'd like I was I did was I I'll take my mom likes to go out fishing too, so I put them both on the boat and Ella uh, would stand on the um, seat in the front and I would get up on the pulling platform and push the boat around the. Uh, the flats that while my mom was up on the casting deck, uh, uh, theoretically catching carp. And, um, it was fun, man. It was fun. I got a really good picture of Ella. <laughs> my mom had just finished blowing a, a shot, like the 10th shot in a row she'd blown and she's hanging her head and Ella is facing me and she's got her hands out and she's got this, like, what in the hell is going on? Look on her face. Like, how did she miss another one? And, uh, so yeah, we've, we've been out on the skiff a little bit. It's been good. Did she harass your grandma or did she like cheerlead her on? So she's real. she's in love with her grandma. Like, you know, the grandma is the cutest thing in the world. So she would never say it to grandma or tease her or anything. It was all like, Oh, don't worry about it. You're, you know, all that stuff. But you know, that sometimes that frustration just, it's like if you're fishing with your buddy and you're trying not to be a jerk, but he's missed his third, you know, his, or somebody who's brand new to fly fishing, but he's missed his, you know, third or fourth, easy, uh, easy shot. And you go and you, you, you try to contain the frustration, but you might get a little bit of that. Ah, what the? Ah, and then you sort of try to let it go. Um, but uh, no, she doesn't cheer her on. She did tease her a, a few times, but uh, it doesn't get too doesn't harass her too bad. You said growing up that you uh, you had a different way of motivating Ella to to go out or to go fishing. It was a uh, I don't know if you can do it yet or not. Yeah, we did a lot of that. So I, I've always been, um, you know, involved in I, I, going outdoors, going hunting, going fishing. And she'd start to show interest in it. And um, 
And and sometimes it was a little reverse psychology, but sometimes it wasn't. Sometimes it was honest. Um, but I found that when I said, eh, you know, if she'd say, hey, can I come fishing with you? If I was like, eh, I don't know if you're old enough or not yet, um, it made her more motivated to go do it. So one of the things I tried really hard with Ella to do, and with her friends too, when I've taken them out was, it's tough. It's tough to, to, to it, for me, it was tough to do this at least, but I tried to always make sure I wasn't pushing like that they were having fun. Right. And cause I would want to do stuff that sometimes I had to really check myself and make sure I wasn't pushing them beyond their capabilities. Cause you forget how, you know, you and me walking down a trail is, you know, maybe easy, but if you're six and you got short little legs, like it might be a lot of work. So I did, I tried, you know, some of the time when I was telling her, uh, you know, I don't know if you're ready. She may have been ready, but I didn't know if, if she was going to, if it was going to be fun or if it was going to be work for her. So I try to always keep it in that realm of, of, you know, of, of fun. And, and with the friends who weren't nearly as outdoorsy or weren't, weren't, didn't spend as much time outdoors when Ella was little, that made it a little complicated because there would be things that Ella and I do and that, that the friends wouldn't have enjoyed because they didn't know how to paddle a canoe or they had never fished before or whatever. And it would have pushed them too, too far. So trying to balance that, you know, I imagine if you have a couple of kids and, and one's younger than the other one, um, you know, it would get to be challenging to try to, to try to keep that, that balance. But, but yeah, I did. I found that telling her she wasn't ready or, you know, or acting like, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if, I don't know if, if that's something that, you can do yet uh w- was was a way for her to uh, to entice her to to want to come out and try it the other thing i did was we had rules while we're outdoors that were different than the rules at home right so outdoors she gets to carry a pocket knife and whittle when she was like five and six or eight that was a huge deal i don't know why she loved to whittle i actually have a at one point she said to me i wrote this down somewhere she wrote down she said to me while we were sitting on a campfire uh at our campsite and she was like making a pointy stick because that's that's what i mean by whittling you know just making pointy piles of pointy sticks but she said if i was homeless i'd just whittle all day (laughs) (laughs) i don't know i don't know what what here comes a joke just thing just things like that where i wouldn't have allowed her to have a pocket knife at home to carry her carried around but you know she could she could do it as long as we were camping and there was a reason for her to have it, or I could pretend there was a reason for her to have it. Things like that made it so that she was, uh, she was usually pretty excited to get out and do that kind of stuff. Hey, I got to throw this in there. That poor widow girl. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, dad, you oh, get it. You get it. Oh, that was a dad joke. If I've ever heard one, man. Poor widow girl. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. man. Uh, the, the shit, you know, the, like you said, different rules that, that definitely keeps a, Gives them a little interest in, you know, to want to want to be there versus the the mundane in the house stuff. But as of now, my kids they're they're right there. They're above a little bit above Jason and Chad's kids in age. And Jason and Chad they take their kid. I take my kid, and they enjoy the phone. They sit on the phone. They used to do a little waiting with me. They were kind of interested in that. They caught a few fish. They don't really, you know, that that ain't the thing that interests them. But having them out there with me. But then them sitting on the phone, oh man, it's it's a terrible thing. How do how do you get that off of them? 
How do you Jeez. shake the kids of that? You know, it's a challenge. We had a, when we're camping, we have a no phone rule. So the phones have to stay in the car when you're, when you're out camping, uh, which is brutal. Um, it's, uh, for the first hour, it's really tough. And, and we established that a long time ago. So it, that helped, right? If I tried to do it now that she's 16, I, I, she probably, I, she might physically assault me, but, <laughs> but, uh, Still your keys. but it's just always been the way we did it. And that, so that, that piece helped uh, a little bit. Um, and, uh, and, and we sort of have that rule, no matter, no matter what we're doing in the outdoors is that that's, you know, that's what we're doing. So, um, I have a, like if we're fishing, I've got a, a waterproof, uh, backpack that I'll use or my, or my sling. And I'll just tell her, Hey, here, let me have your phone so that it, you don't drop it in the water or it doesn't get, um, uh, it doesn't get broken or whatever. And I'll put it in my sling. And then at least I have some control over how often she uses it, but it's gotten harder uh, as we've gone on to, to keep them off, keep her off of her phone. I have to like actively do it. And hell, I'm not very good at it. I mean, I'll check my phone and be screwing around on it or whatever. And that's a, I'm a pretty bad example, you know, when it comes to that stuff, but, but, um, uh, but yeah, no, that's, that's a, that's a tough one. And, and it, it may just come down to like having to, instead of trying to trick them into not wanting to use their phone, just saying, you know, Hey, we're not, you know, we're staying off of those today and, or staying off those right now or whatever. Um, but you're going to get some blowback. Then, when, then when she's going to post a I selfie do. fishing with dad and make you, make you melt again. <laughs> own you, yeah. own you a little more fishing with dad. <laughs> with the fishing, yeah. did you start out with, you know, just um regular fishing rod and ponds and bluegills and stuff like that with her? Did you always, would she, did she start out with fly rod earlier or does she fly rod fish now? So that's a good question. In that, in that, like, I want her to enjoy it. Such a, uh, a vein. Um, I tried to make sure every time we went fishing that she had at least um, the capacity to be able to do it well. So early on, it was, you know, a push button Zebco and a bobber and a worm on a little pond where I knew there was a bunch of bluegill. Uh, we'd have a, you know, a suitcase full of snacks with us and folding chairs and, and I, I, you know, I was pretty sure she was going, going to catch fish. And then as, as she's gotten older, uh, I've been able to sort of rotate that to, um, Hey, you know, let's try something else that you, you may not, you know, you may not catch as many, but you'll have a chance at some bigger fish or some different fish or whatever. So she casts the fly rod now, um, and, uh, um, and has caught fish on the fly. Um, she doesn't fly fish exclusively at this point. And part, part of that is like I mentioned, trying to make sure everyone's always having a good time. And so I'm not beyond their capabilities lately. Most of the times we've been outside, she's brought friends with her and they, a lot of them have never, never picked up a fishing pole or a, um, you know, or whatever it is we're doing. So we're trying to cater, I'm trying to cater to the lowest common denominator sounds terrible, but you know, to the skill set of the, the, the least experienced person in the group. So, you know, um, that means while Ella and I, if we're fishing alone, we might, we might go throw the fly. If, if, you know, her friend Maya is with us, we're going to bring, we're back to those Zebcos and, and, uh, and night crawlers. 
and taking fish off the hook for them, uh, at least at the beginning of the, of the day. Um, I do, I'm lucky enough. You guys probably had this too. I'm lucky enough that I've got a few spots where if all else fails, I know we can catch, you know, palm sized bluegill as fast as we can catch them. And I try to make sure we end the day, uh, in that kind of a situation. Um, although it's funny, I, I might've sent you a picture of this chat. I, I took Ella and two of her friends, actually her friend and her friend's little sister. We went fishing in this little pond, um, a couple of years back and Ella and her friend, uh, were throwing bobbers and catching bluegill. And the little sister who's like three years younger, she, she was just totally disinterested in, in catching those little bluegills. She never caught a fish before, but she was totally disinterested in that. She wanted to cast as far as she could and then sit there. So I was like, all right. So she cast way, we, well, she cast as far out as she could. And, and we sunk a, a full night crawler to the bottom and she sat there holding her pole while the other girls are off squealing and catching little bluegill and little, and little, and little large mouths. You know, it's, and at first it was, you know, I'm baiting the hooks and I'm taking the fish off, but then I was too slow. So by the end they're taking their own fish off and they're having a great time. And I felt terrible because the little sister's just sitting over there. I went over and invited her to come over like seven or eight times and she wasn't, she, she was fine. And then out of nowhere, her drag just started screaming and, uh, and uh she 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 you know grabbed her pole and started reeling and had never reeled a pole before so you know there's all that coaching about how to hold it and don't drop it and all that stuff but she ended up catching a i don't know five or six pound cat big catfish for for out here um and you know posing with pictures with it stuff and being the hero and uh um, it was just a difference in personality i guess she she was more content to sit there and wait i don't know Maybe somewhere in her head she knew that she had a better chance at a bigger fish that way, or I don't. I really don't understand it. I was, but she was, and now she's hooked. That's all she can talk about. Is she wants to go fishing, and uh, I've gotten messages from her that have been like, "When are we going fishing next?" <laughs> and, yeah, and and uh, um, I'm like, "Well, let me talk to your parents first of all." And although you know, I don't know, but um, yeah, so you know, it, it all started with with regular old gear fishing bait. But, um, but Ella has graduated up and it just matters. just depends on who we're with. You did send us, uh, that picture of the, her holding the catfish. And I was just showing the guys as you were telling the story and her smile yeah. says it all, man. She's, She's just, she was just stoked. Mm. And, uh, and then her big sister came over. I didn't send you this picture. I wanted to pose holding the fish. So we did get a picture with it. But Adria, the little one was like, that's my fish. Like, why does she get a picture with my fish? <laughs> well, the other thing with the girls, at least, that I found was the fact that we were letting the fish go made it way easier early on. Like, there was no, like, all right, now we bonk it on the head, now we bleed it out, now let's cut it open. We didn't have to go through sort of the moral acrobatics about killing things. That Ella's there now. She's been, you know, she's been experienced it her whole life. But with uh, with the girls, and I, maybe it's, I think with boys it might be different, but certainly with the girls, the idea that we release the fish and that they go off happy, I mean, they like wave at them and, and all do all, you know, they love their animals, little girls do. Um, I think that probably eased the process a little bit for them. Um, at least they didn't have to witness something dying because that's pretty traumatic the first time you see it, at least. I can imagine it being traumatic. Hell, to this day, I still feel, you know, a mix of emotion when I when I shoot something, 
that's not all just joy. You know, there's some remorse and there's some, you know, it's a complicated sensation to kill something. And uh, so I tried to make sure the little girls didn't, didn't go through that early on by, by teaching them how to properly release a fish. And the first time you tell them to throw one back, they will think you mean throw this fish as far as you can. So you have, you have to be real literal. So put it, <laughs> what do you mean by that? Put it back is probably better than throw it back. Exactly. Put it back. Put it back. Gently put it back. Uh, I have a picture. I'll, I'll send this over to you. Can, you can post it if you want. I, I, I'll have to dig to find it. But I got a picture of five-year-old Ella, and, and a, there's a rainbow trout that is uh, 10 feet in the air and, you know, <laughs> nine, nine or 10 feet from her hands as she just chucked it as hard as she could when I told her to throw it back. And I was like, okay, I got to be. I gotta be more specific so, with this one. <laughs> hashtag keep no. them kind of wet. Yeah, right. Yeah, that was like keep when it was wet. released by helicopter. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's you know that, that's that's kind of been the key for the on the fishing side was making sure that because uh, fishing can be frustrating. You know, if you don't catch anything, it still is so, for us. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly, and uh, and then on the. Uh, um, the other stuff, you know, we just, it seems like doing outdoor activities with kids for me has, has one outdoor activity kind of leads to another. So if it, 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 you know, we've taken groups where they're taking a couple of kids where, um, they didn't seem interested in fishing. So instead we just, we just went and canoed around the lake a little bit and you do that a couple of times. And then you say, Hey, maybe with this time when we canoe, we should, you know, why don't we bring our fishing poles and then we can try some of that. And, and it's, and it's sort of, it kind of one begets the other, I guess. So I, I try to think about, uh, what, uh, uh, you know, what activity is going to trip their trigger from the beginning and then, and then just sort of see how it goes. Um, they, uh, you know, I t- we took one of Ella's best friends camping and that was the first time she'd done anything outdoors. I mean, that bas- almost the first time she'd ever been in her yard. Like this, <laughs> this is a very inside child. And we went camping, tent camping, and I was probably a mistake that w- it was, I went too far at that point because I'm sitting at the campfire after the kids have gotten it in the, into their little dome tent and they're in there talking and goofing around, you know, it's just a sleepover for these two little girls it just happens to be outside. And then all of a sudden I heard like, you know, blood curdling screams and i thought you know you thought someone had died or something and in a dome tent you can't find the door if you're not accustomed to being in a dome tent so they're thrashing the sides and people are trying to jump through windows and all this stuff because there was a spider on the outside of the tent and the and the the campfire created a spider shadow on the inside of the tent that was you know the size of a softball and Maya saw it and had never experienced anything like that and lost her mind, lost her mind. So we had to, you know, end up cutting the camping short. And that was one of those experiences where I probably just pushed the, uh, pushed the envelope a little too much with her. And, and we should have been spent more time just being around places that have bugs before we decided to try to sleep a place, someplace that had bugs. You know what I mean? Just pushed a kid right into water. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you got it. You'll be all right. You'll be fine, yeah. Just throw her, oh, swim, little swim back sleepover. Right. <laughs> so you know, taking even taking the camping and taking kids out there that haven't been out there before, you know, how do you break it to a 
a you know a girl a little girl's friend you got to go squat over there in the woods and do your business and you know you always have the you know little wipes and everything with you just to make sure you're adequately yeah. uh, doing your job buff that's a tough part of the job so um ella has peed outside since she was little and i i initially uh sort of coached her uh, coaching isn't the right word i sort of i, I let her know hey you're gonna they're not gonna know you know how you had to learn how to pee outside like they're gonna have to figure that out they're, they don't know that so you're gonna have to show her how to do that and ella kind of took that piece over partially because like i don't know it's somebody else's daughter it felt weird for me to be too involved in that process yeah you know oh, what absolutely I mean? um and so so uh um ella kind of man or, or or help i don't know exactly what was going on over in the trees but she you know she would go there and like you know they would pee together the first couple of times um or also kind of in that vein of like not getting people too far outside of their comfort zone um with the way I, the way I, I that ella learned how to go to the bathroom in the woods was uh we'd be out just sort of hiking or spending the day out in the state park or whatever. And she'd have to go to the bathroom where there are bathrooms. And I would give her an option until she finally started and, and figured it out. So I didn't make it. So she was in a situation where she had to do that. It was that, you know, um, uh, it, it was an option. And then she got, she, once she got accustomed to it, you know, she was fine. She learned how to hang on to a tree branch. She one time, you know, had a, didn't get things pulled down in all the right way and filled her pants up. And I mean, you know, you just have to learn how to go about it, I guess. But, um, that part is tough. Being a, being a woman in the woods, I, the, I don't envy that piece of the process for them. That sucks. Dude, I bet they're, I bet when you send her over there with her friend, they got this special like handholding crisscross type, like that's shit a good that idea they're, that they're like leaning on each other gonna do that very dependable <laughs> I, I bet they do girls are smart man you guys will be sitting back to back dual deucing both naked <laughs> both pants down that's what the problem would be so luckily i have a boy and uh yeah i took him trout fishing last year and the first time he pooped in the woods i was like hey this is a perfect opportunity i snapped a picture of him sent it to his mom it's like look he's dropping a deuce outside and then he's like, Dad, don't take pictures of me. So I, I scrolled through my phone, and I showed him a picture I had of Jay taking a dump in the woods. I was like, look, buddy, now you're one of the guys. <laughs> he's, he's taking these of everybody. <laughs> he's got file, a file of these on his phone. I have a poop file. That's kind of sick, <laughs> yeah. but it's also funny. Um, you know, that, that, that when I was a kid, like, you talk about being one of the guys that was kind of a big deal for me. I think that's really good advice. Like that was a big deal for me that like the men would go out hunting. Right. And I was too little or couldn't go yet. And it really made me want to do it. Or the men would go out fishing or whatever. And I wanted to be, you know, a big kid or whatever and, 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 and join and participate in that. And so, you know, I think, I wonder, I know uh, with, with, with Raisinella, the fact that like, it was something I did that she didn't do. And then she got invited to join when I did with people that she liked friends of mine or, uh, um, or, you know, relatives or whatever, this is something that we did and she wasn't, and she was, wasn't old enough to do. I think it probably made the transition a little more exciting to, for her when I said, okay, 
you know, I think you can come on these now. I think it's time, you know, I think you're old enough to do this. Um, I think it made her a little more, I'm sure she sat at some point when she was little and wondered like, what is it, what do they do? What is that like? You know, why do they, older people all get to go do this thing and come back excited and it's something they really want to do and I'm not allowed to do it. Um, I think that probably helped, man. I don't know. What do you guys think? Well, you take her on many trips with the guys and was there a transition point where she got to actually go on the trips with the guys where they're, you know, or not even with the guys, but out with you and maybe somebody that you were, you know, really, really getting at it hard? Yeah, there was certainly a transition point there where she could come and she could join in on on that kind of stuff. Uh, and there was a, a, a little period of time where she wanted to and I wouldn't allow her to. Like, you're too little or this is going to be too hard or we're going to be out for too long or this is going to be, you know. And, um, and then we could transition to, you know, uh, okay, I think you're old enough. I think you can come with or whatever now. Um, uh, so, so the, the, when, when I hit that point, like, it's kind of tough to say, I think probably my judgment was based mostly on the fact that her and I would do stuff, just the two of us. And I was kind of, you know, trying to determine her capability and, and could she hike for, you know, uh, could she wade and not get exhausted? Could she, hike for a few days um she had fun she she would play this game she called rock to rock i don't know i'm probably all kids played i know i did when i was a kid which was just we'd go down to a river and she would just jump from one rock to the next right and but i was always trying to you know and i was careful to make sure she didn't get hurt or anything but uh there was a point where she was good enough around water and hiking and climbing over those rocks and stuff where i knew like yeah she could come trout fishing with us right now and she would should be able to handle what, what we're going to do on this trip. And then, um, you know, then I would allow it, but I didn't want her to get in a situation. And we had one time when she did, when I, unfortunately I, I pushed a little too hard and, and it was not great where she wasn't having fun anymore. Cause I was asking her to do more than she was capable of. Like it, it was way too hard to work for her to keep up than, uh, than it should have been. And she just wasn't, once she wasn't having fun, you know, I was kind of screwed the next three times I invited her to go do something because we, I pushed her too hard and she didn't want to get into that kind of a situation again. We did it. We did a thing. So there used to be this show. <laughs> there used to be this show on TV called ultimate survivor, Alaska. Do you guys ever watch this? No. All right. They'd have these teams of people that, they would drop off in like an Alaskan wilderness. <clears throat> There'd be three teams or four teams or something. And they'd have three days to race from one point on the map to another point on the map. And they, you know, no food. You had to you eat what you killed. And like you had to ford rivers and climb mountains and do all this crazy stuff. And there was like a military team. And then there's a backwoods team. And then and this was a TV show that her and I watched. And she really liked so one day we decided we were going to do ultimate survivor South Dakota and we like put on our backpacks and we went out and we parked, uh, we parked a car. Uh, my, uh, I had a friend that was doing it with us. It just kind of screwed around, but we parked a car at one place and then we drove like two miles away on the other side of a lake. It was the middle of winter and we parked our car and we, we had, so we had to like, kind of climb these hills through this public hunting ground and then we had to cross a, a lake frozen lake 
then we had to kind of uh, walk this this sort of stream valley bottom that was kind of rolling and hilly and you know and and we end up at a uh in a state park that's got these campsites so then we had a bunch of firewood and stuff and we were going to have a fire when we got there we actually did end up having a fire but it was super fun but i probably added uh an extra mile that more than i should have because at the beginning she was having a great time she was pretending she was on the show we were doing ultimate survivor south dakota she was climbing over these she would you know you learn all of this, this terminology from watching the show. So like she was climbing these snow cornices, which we don't really have snow cornices out here, but they did it on the show. So every time she walked up a snow hill, she would talk about that. And she was having a great time, but it was real cold and, it, and we were a long ways out and the snow was pretty deep in some spots. And by the end, like it was, it was too much. I, I pushed it too hard and she was not having fun anymore. And I kept thinking like, okay, well, when we get to the end and then we'll have a big bonfire and we'll cook some food, cook some s'mores or something. And we'll, but by the time we got there, she was just totally done. She didn't want to be there anymore. She wanted to get the hell out of there. Um, and so we left and then, um, you know, it was much more difficult the next time I wanted to do something with her to get her to come out and do it. Cause I just, I'd gone too far. You know what I mean? Did she quit watching the show with you too? Well, the show ended, and that also ruined it. And the military team, which was by far her favorite because those boys were cute, uh, they they got second place. So she was mad at the show. She hated it. Was it was a bad deal for us? <laughs> Sounds like bad news all around. It was bad news, man. It was bad news. But um, uh, that was the other thing that I. That, so I kind of see all outdoor activities as related. I really would like her to fish, right? But because I like to fish, but. Uh, we would just go out and play games like that outside that had nothing to do with fishing because I firmly believe that if she, if she's doing that stuff and she's enjoying the outdoors, it'll, like I said kind of earlier with some of her friends, uh, it's all sort of connected. So now if I say, Hey, you know, uh, I'm going to go, why don't we go to, you know, why don't we go to the driftless area and spend some time fly fishing in the canyons? Um, she will, if I think the fact that we did that ultimate survivor Alaska thing made it easier to take her fishing in the winter time in Minnesota, um, than it would have had we not done that first. Does that make any sense? I didn't describe that very well. Guys. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely does. You, you just showed her how, how she could do it. That's all. Yeah. It might've might been yeah. a little push there, but yeah, yeah no, I, was, I have my, had fun playing outside. You I know? had and my so kid on a frozen more, lake then other outdoor activities don't seem so foreign, I guess. No, fro when when it's that cold, it's tough on the on the kids out here. I had my kid out on the, the frozen lake and he uh I don't know, he definitely he didn't want to tell me that we should get the hell out of here because he, he was freaking cold. So he told his sister on the phone and she got on and, and was yelling at me like, Get him back to the truck <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, uh, we're out fishing. I told him we're we're going hard. We're not playing, you know. Funny. Ah, you can't, you can't, you can't make somebody like the cold. That's for sure. No, you can't. Just give him a rip of brandy and tell him to, he'll be fine. That's <laughs> it, man. Uh, <laughs> if he takes rips of what I take rips of, he's be ripped. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Full disc. Uh, um, uh, I'm not advocating that you make your children drink alcohol. I just want to make that real clear to everyone. <laughs> I'll let them taste it. 
<laughs> um, yeah, being outside <laughs> so, in the cold. So is don't a big ask deal. you how you get them to go to sleep. <laughs> 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 We've spent so much time. Ellen, I've spent so much time outside in the winter time that she doesn't wear a coat anymore. Uh, even here in the winter, very rarely, or, or if she does, she's got this small little Patagonia jacket she wears because she's really accustomed to being out in the cold and that you're right. That is a, that one of the things I don't think I, I may, at least on me is lost is I forget that, you know, 75% of, of the discomfort that comes from being outside is because it's hot or it's cold or it's humid. It has to do with tolerating the weather and the temperature, because uh, very rarely is it does it feel outside like it feels inside, at least here in South Dakota. It's always windy or hot or humid or cold or something's going on, rainy. So, um, uh, but, but I don't think about it that much anymore. When I go pheasant hunting, I think, oh, this is going to be a, you know, this would be tough because the snow is deep. It's going to be hard walking. And I just sort of ignore the fact that it's also, you know. Five degrees. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's five degrees. That just kind of comes with the territory. That's secondary Where that would be the main snow. impediment for, for if I took her with. So um, the more, yeah, I'm with you there, man. The more you can kind of get them out and get them used to it and show them they can do it. And make sure they have proper gear so they're not, they don't. Oh, hey, gosh, I don't know about you guys. When I was a kid. <clears throat> red we bags were proper gear? Our, we put our feet in bread sacks <laughs> you and put on moon boots and go out in the snow. But, and, uh, and you know, that doesn't seem like a good plan. No, no. This kid was walking off the lake by himself. It was, uh, you know, the bite was still going. And he's like, I'm out of here. <laughs> I'm like, get over here. You don't know the way out of here. I, I know growing up now, my son, compared to the way I, I grew up, he's he's basically veal. Yeah, <laughs> you were a tenderized riblet, huh? You're like beat, no, I battered. Like, I, I was like a shank or something. You're weathered. He's veal. Yeah, gotcha. <laughs> He's soft, but he would try his best. You know, like Dan said, gotta get, gotta keep him warm. That but. yeah, that's that's pretty tough. Wait, to enjoy anything outdoors for how many months up there? You guys go with six months of or what? Of freezing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's to, you know you got to be a wintertime person to really enjoy it and and make those fun things last you know them other six months as to just waiting for summer and kids like oh I really like summer because I swim and ride bikes yep. you know yep that's absolutely right and then and then you know summer's the same like you know summer's hot you guys get hot summers too you know oh. so they gotta you know. You just, it, you're right. Ella, a lot of kids, especially a lot of her friends, are, the veal is a good example. Like, <laughs> you know, they're, they're uncomfortable if it's not 72 degrees, if it's not a temperature controlled environment that they're in. So, you know, it's 90 and humid and we, and I'm like, Hey, let's go canoeing. And Ella's like, yeah, let's do it. And her friends are like having heat stroke. He's like, okay, drink this water. Like you're not. It's just something you get accustomed to. They're I guess, tweeting, "I might die today." <laughs> they got tweets and, and selfies like, oh, "I'm dying, literally." <laughs> yeah, right. Melting. Snapchatting. <laughs> Save me now. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of that, how good a relationship do you have to have with one of Ella's friends' parents before they let you take them out canoeing and kayaking and fishing and camping overnight? Amazingly 
less of a relationship than you'd expect. Dude, you're getting some guy to watch their kid. What the hell? They're like, oh, we're going to go out. Yes. Thank God for you. They throw an inhaler in a baggie and say, see you later. Wine tonight. It's it's pretty bananas. But so many, and I think that people want their kids to do outdoor stuff, but maybe aren't willing to like go through all the effort it takes to do it. But yeah, I mean, Ella has, I've had a number of people where, and I've had some of them where I've been really good, close to their friends. Like if we're going camping overnight or something, I, I know the parents real well. But we've had quite a few of them where Ella's like, hey, so-and-so wants to go fish. And I'm like, okay, well, let's go. And then we just go. And Or, or the, the, you know, these kids want to go. Sometimes, this is when it gets really weird. Ella will be like, hey, you know, uh, my friend, you know, Jamie wants to go canoeing and i'm like all right well let's go we'll go rent a canoe we'll do it in vermilion let's do it next saturday and then she'll call or ll talk to me later in the week and be like yeah uh uh, jamie's mom wants to know if her little brother carter can come with us i'm (laughs) like i don't even know carter but yeah come throw him in the canoe (laughs) but i think they want their kids to get outside but the effort to like actually do it maybe is too much or i don't know or they just want to looking for a break but yeah, they just assume I'm not risking their life in some way, even though a lot of times, you know, we kind of are. So have you got the awkward part yet when Ella has Jamie the boy going fishing with you? Uh, Jamie the boy has asked to go and do stuff, uh, but but we have not taken him, uh, we, we've not put that together yet. So uh, You cannot actually, let him catch more fish the, than you, Dan. The Jamie the boy's real name is Ashton. <laughs> And Ashton's got swoopy hair and a zippy little car. And, uh, <laughs> God, that's great. That's great. And uh, and you know he seems to be hanging around quite a bit. Oh man. And and he'd like to go out and do some stuff apparently. And I have not. Uh, here, here yeah, I got a six-year-old. I got a yet. six-year-old daughter, man. And I, you were like, you were like telling me everything that's going to be happening to me in the next ten years, man. I'm writing notes over here, buddy. Yeah. Take here, it in. It, Mine will be twelve in gets, a month. It gets freaky, man. It Here, gets freaky. Here's what you tell him, man. Here's what you tell him. You ask him, so do you fly fish? And if he says no, say, be a lot cooler if you did. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Everybody told me, like, oh, you know what you should be doing is cleaning your shotgun when he comes over the first time yeah. and things like that. And I thought, that seems a little aggressive. I probably don't need to threaten the kid with a weapon the first time. Or, or maybe I can just be playing with a pocket knife. Or yeah, sharpen a knife an actual or something. Firearm, whittling, you know, like. whittling a stick is what you should do with, with a potter's yeah, knife. With, yeah, with her knife, <laughs> when she's walking in with your daughter. Kill you with this knife. Yeah, that's what I need to do. Yeah, I should be whittling a stick, sitting on the front porch, chewing on a straw, piece of straw, whittling a stick. And then when he walks by, I should say, you know, this is Ella's pocket knife, right? She usually has this in her pocket. I just wanted you to be aware of that. I just borrowed there you it. Go. No, she no. She loaned it to me. Here's a here's a little. <laughs> just give him a challenge. Say, uh, you know, till you till you can cast a fly rod here. I'll just leave the fly rod to sit here until you can cast that into that hula hoop. You're, you're pretty <laughs> much right. you're pretty much not going nowhere, bud. That's a that is a that's an excellent idea. May, might that's make him like fishing. Idea. Fly fishing anyway. I don't know that I want to take. I've thought about this. So teaching people to fly fish is tough. And, but I, he, he's, Ella has talked to me about taking Ashton with us to do certain, you know, number of things. And I don't know if I want to teach him to fly fish or not. I, I might start yelling at him or like, 
wring his neck or I, who, what if he breaks my rod? I don't, make, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. That rod's definitely worth more than his life. <laughs> yeah, it's more, more than a zippy car, I can tell you that much. Ah. Is, it got a, is it like just one of the regular cars with the extra big muffler? Yeah, exactly. It's his, mo- his mom's <laughs> exactly car that he put the muffler on. Yeah, it looks like a drifting car, but uh, it actually only goes 60 miles an hour. It's an 87 Honda Civic hatchback. <laughs> and his phone shuts he got up. Stuck, he got stuck in my driveway the other day, guys. Oh, it was the greatest day of my life. I got an inch and a half of snow in the driveway, and he's stuck. <laughs> Did you help him go push it out? No, I told Ella, I gave her a scoop shovel, and I said, here, you guys will be able to clear that out. It's only a few inches of snow. And then I got my, got in my Forerunner and drove by him on my way to the store. <laughs> oh my God, that's hilarious. So yeah, he's a, he's a good kid, and I do like Ashton, but but uh, um, it it is it is a weird situation when they get to be this age. So you know, and when I said we do less outdoor stuff now than we used to, this is actually a little bit of it. It's not because, and this isn't Ashton's fault. It's just as they get to be teenagers, it's like school and homework and extracurricular activities and then you guys remember what it's like being a teenager you want to hang out with your friends and do all that kind of stuff there have been all summer this last year ella was like dad we got to go camping dad we got to go camping let's take one of my friends we got to go camping but we literally just couldn't find a weekend that i was available or didn't have something going on or whatever and she was free didn't have to work she's working down at culver's slinging french fries right now it was the it, the schedule got really difficult, but but one of the things that a lot of people have told me, and I hope this is true, um, but uh, especially anglers I know that are women, they've told me I got away from it in my teen years and even my early twenty years. My dad always took me out, but I got away from it for a while. But I came back to it, so I'm hoping that she still has that love and desire to be outside, and at some point she'll learn to make some time in her life to to fit it in but gosh it gets busy you know and unless you make it a priority and at 16 your priorities get get kind of you know they they change a lot you know what i mean i think the same same thing happened to me you know what i mean even just in general like you said when booze and and having fun in your 20s and college and all these different things and you don't have the time to get out as much as you do and his daughter's not gonna act like you no once you settle once you no, not hopefully not like i acted but once you settle into your you know into yourself i feel like you really get back into what the core you know your core values and your core things that you really like to do are and you know well fishing is one of the things you could do all your life you know, you could start in 36, and, and fishing's one of the, you can't, you're not going to go and ski down a ski hill if you didn't try it when you were a kid, but you can fly fish or fish later in life. My wife was a perfect example of that, Jay. It's really funny when they do, oh, yeah. when they when they start out at 36. Oh, yeah. I think some fishermen, when they start out at 36, is pretty fucking hilarious. It, it, I, I laugh a lot, but then, then I throw some tips out there, and hopefully, you know, they take them and use them and get a little better if they're the second year, yeah. you know, whatever at... It's just people trying new shit, so you're gonna look like uh, crap till you get a little better, and that's that's just how that everything goes, right? Got to try. Yeah, yeah, and and, and so yeah, and, and you know, I, I I did say women, but now that I think about my life too, like yeah, there was certainly a time. I mean, there was a time my buddies and I would go do outdoor stuff, but we weren't really doing outdoor stuff. We were smoking and drinking and burning shit. And, you're looking for porn in the woods. 
Right, exactly. We really yeah. trees that look like porn. Some of the time. <laughs> um, hey, it's all okay as long as you're not making porn in the woods, guys. Or whittle um, or whittling it. Don't whittle it too hard. <laughs> oh God. Uh, um, but yeah, I got away from it and got back to it. Uh, and so maybe that's just part of how it goes too, is you just kind of get that instilled. I do know that when she was little, one of the things I learned. Uh, and you guys probably are experiencing this because your your kids are about that right age. Is no matter how much they protest going out to do it, they always come back happy. Yes, one hundred percent. There were a lot of times when I was like, "Hey, let's go do X, Y, Z," and it was, "No, I don't want to," or this, blah, 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 and they would bitch and I'd stick her in the car and she'd complain. But once we actually got there, we started doing it, whatever it was we were doing, hiking or fishing, or even if it's just like sledding or whatever outdoor activity it is. And then, you know, they, she always came back happy and wanting to go out and do it again. You know what I mean? So that was the hurdle or a hurdle I had to get past was it, it's a pain in the ass to take a kid and get them bundled up and get all and get everything on whatever you're doing to get them all ready and get the snacks and the cooler, whatever. But the other part of the pain in the ass is make was, was like going through the anguish of, forcing her to get in the car and yes, we're going and stop complaining and all of that. But it was always, it always ended up almost always seems like it ended up being worth it. You guys experienced that with your kids or was that just mine? No, I'm experiencing that 100%. It's, yeah. it's hard to get them standing, you know, like I said, veal, yeah. veal lays. <laughs> and once it I get them standing stands. and like into the truck, it's, it's a hundred percent turnaround, but what, while he's still laying on the, the couch being veal, he doesn't want to do anything. <laughs> YouTube is the worst yeah. thing ever. Well, well, I used to be able to hold like a a long car ride, you know, and over these kids' head, like they would definitely go and stand on the river with me, probably any day, no doubt about it. Especially when they were young, real hard, and like their nose was dripping, and I'm like, oh, a couple more casts, but I probably shouldn't, but I do anyway. So, but I used to be able. To, we're going to the like like the interstate mcdonald's you know the the truck stop like it's busy there's like toys and shopping and shit in there they used to love that they'd be like oh we're we're going on the long ride hell yeah still had fishing free trip i'm in a couple kinder eggs you know a little bit of candy but they don't they don't so much care so you know that that's the i think the time thing like you're saying how you guys got away from it you got to let kids do what they're doing too because at times they're probably not going to enjoy it as much as you want them to well, I think there's a fine line between, and it, and it, and it's tough to walk. Maybe, but there's a fine line between, you know, getting them over that hump where they don't really want to go do it, but they have fun and they like it when they come back, and forcing them to do something they don't want to do. Like there's a fine line between those two things. And if you're forcing them to do something they don't want to do, you may sour them on it forever. Like, oh no, I I I hate going fishing. My dad used to force me to go fishing when I hated it the whole time. So, you know, I'm trying to judge the reaction. You know. It, it, you know, was, did she enjoy herself? Did she have fun? And, and, um, but yeah, with her, especially with fishing, when we were sitting on the bank, it was about snacks. You know, you talk about the long trip and they're going to hit the interstate McDonald's and that stuff for a long time. I know that in her little brain, when I would say we're going to go fishing, what she heard was, I get to eat a bag of Doritos. Suitcase <laughs> full of snacks. Yeah. No, them are the, that and is... I had to make sure I had all of those snacks because that was, that was kind of the carrot to get her out there. Now she had fun with the actual fishing, but um, but I had to kind of you know plant little Easter eggs. Couldn't like let that, them snacks that, run out. That that's we for were gonna, sure. 
that that were that were sort of the enticement to get her to do it. Um, and then you know, if if she ever if we ever came back and I didn't think she had fun and she didn't come back happy, I probably push too hard or I don't want to keep doing that because I don't want her just to learn to hate to whatever that activity was, you know? So having a teen daughter with friends, where do you see kind of like the future of fly fishing? Do you see a lot uh, of her friends interested in, or are you seeing many teenagers out in the water on your area? I mean, what's, what's your thoughts on that? Man, the, uh, you know, I don't see it. So that's a, that's a good question. Her, her, what I see is there is a group of kids. I teach classes here at the our local game fishing parks or what other people call DNR has like an outreach program where they do these education classes. They have me teach fly fishing and um, and fly tying classes. And there's certainly a group of, of kids that show up to do that. But it's kind of the same group of kids all the time. And, you know, but the, the, and there are certainly kids that are interested but on the whole, generally, it feels like while these many of these kids have an interest in outdoor activities, less and less of them seem to have any exposure to them. So very more, very, it's very frequent for me to run into uh, with Ella's friends. Oh, I'd love to go fishing sometime. I've never gone. Instead of oh, I love to go fishing with my dad, or I love to go fishing with my mom, or or whatever. Um, uh, or I'd love to go camping sometime. I've never gone camping or, I mean, um, so I think the kids probably have the same amount of interest in doing that stuff that they always have always had, but maybe it's just the busy lives or the ability to distract them with phones and screens rather than, or, or, or maybe it's, you know, who, who knows what, what it is, but I, I certainly think the amount of exposure seems to be down a lot. Um, do you live in a heavily populated area, um, or do yep. you live out in the middle yep. of the boondocks where you find, even, you know, a lot of kids out there will be a little more exposed to that type of thing because they're rednecks. I know around here, every, every redneck goes fishing when they're a kid on first day of trout, whether they, you know, get in as into Not it as anymore. we are. Well, as, as, as well, you know, they get into as much as we do, but, you know, there's a lot of people out there that do that type of thing on those certain days. Yeah, good question, too. Uh in the rural areas, I think everybody and every kid does outdoor stuff. I mean, hunting is just a part of what you do. Uh, bonfires are a part of what you do. Fishing is a part of what you do. But I live in a, the city I live in is not huge. It's 250,000 people. It's big enough that you have entire sections of this community that don't do any of those outdoor activities. Or they will consider it an outdoor, outdoor activity to take their hammock to the park. Um and though the, the children of those people in the in this more urban area are the ones that seem to express an interest, and I'm not I'm not a secret about my fishing. Like you come in my house, Ella told me, Dad, I don't want to live in a fly fishing museum. At one point, like <laughs> I've got all my reels out on, a, and I've got pictures on the walls of me holding fish and all kinds of stuff, and um, and they they'll express interest, but. Their families just don't do outdoor stuff. So yeah, man, the rednecks, the rednecks are still out doing doing what they always the trapping, and hunting and all that stuff. But in the urban setting, I just notice a ton of kids. Well, I've I've had elementary schools that have brought me in to talk about fly fishing here in Sioux Falls, and there are because there are whole classes of kids that 
just don't, don't get outdoor exposure. Like their their parents, but you know, two working parents, not a lot of money, don't know anyone with private ground, don't have a boat to go get on a lake, and so you know, just don't just don't go out and experience out outside stuff very frequently. It's kind of crazy. You should tell that. You should tell Ella she should hold more fish. Then there'd be pictures of her on the walls. Yeah, but, that's right. But, well, but I got to get her to catch one that's worth a picture. That's what I tell her. So if you ever catch a real fish, we'll take a picture of you with it. Oh, so she hasn't caught a carp yet then? Is that what <laughs> you're trying to say? I should have sent you. Dang, I'll send you this one too. This is my favorite <laughs> photograph. She was at my mom's house and she was like maybe six or seven and they were playing like dress up. So she's wearing one of grandma's fancy dresses and they were playing prom or something. So she, she made, she's, her face is all made up like with super bright red lipstick and way too much eyeshadow and all of this jazz and her hair's braided and all this stuff. Right. When I showed up at my mom's house, Ella was in my mom's high heels and one of her old fancy like prom dresses from high school or something. Right. So, but I got out there to go fishing. And so then we changed Ella's, we changed her clothes and we went fishing. And on that trip, she caught a, I, I think it was probably about 40 inch, it might be a little shorter than that. I don't know. Memories are hard, but it was, it was a big pike, very big pike. And especially for the little water we were fishing. And I got a picture of her holding it, but you look at the picture now and you're like, why does that girl have bright red lipstick, bright red fingernail <laughs> polish, eyeshadow, and like, uh, uh, and a, and a tank top on, and then she's holding this like fish that's as long as a big slobby fish that's as long as her. It's it's one of my favorite photographs, man. Well, that's amazing. I'll send it over. It's a good one. It's a good one. Um, one thing that has become more uh, prevalent, I think, and more on my mind with since my son's been coming out in the woods with me is ticks. Do you guys have uh, a growing population of ticks? Does it seem like? Yeah, it seems like it. We certainly have a lot of ticks. I hate ticks. They're Ugh. the worst. Is there anything you do special? I know we just we play a game. Let, let's look for Pepper. And yeah, <laughs> yeah we do the. Um, you know, we do. She doesn't want to have ticks on her, and so we first of all we we uh, you know we use a lot of DEET, but also we would just at the end of the day call it a tick check time, and we would you know do tick checks um we did have a pretty bad freak out uh this spring we went we went out to we were out on a farm and we went bullfrog hunting at night Mm -hmm. and so we had these you know spotlights and buckets and we were wading through this muddy little pond and um trying to catch bullfrogs and we caught a few and then we let them go and it was really fun and then we got back to the house and we took off our shoes and, and socks and we had leeches all over our legs. Mm. It was like it was like that scene from the Outsiders or whatever movie that was. You guys remember that? Yeah. Did you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was gross. And uh, and of course, by the way, I I knew I couldn't freak out, but I wanted to freak out. Like, <laughs> I had to it together, man, and be like, oh look cute little leeches aren't they fun and instead of be like <laughs> so and then you know i don't know if you guys know this but you can put table salt on a leech and it'll curl up and yeah. dry up and yeah so i that that 
is how I got us through that was I was like, oh, this is going to be cool. Let me show you this here. Just hold still. Let me go get some salt and and teach her how to salt the leeches. But <laughs> I know there's not a chance she's going back. Like she stayed pretty cool. She didn't lose her mind. She didn't scream at me. But <laughs> when we you. talk about bullfrog hunting, all she talks about is getting covered in leeches. There's not a prayer she's going back into a, a pond bullfrog hunting again. It's never happening. I haven't had a leech on me in probably 20 years. But all I remember is once I, I, I just pulled it off. I didn't put salt on it. And it just bled for, it felt like four hours. <laughs> we saw it sucks, man. I hate leeches. Yeah. When we moved, when I was a little kid, we lived in southern Nebraska and didn't have any leeches down there. Or very few. I never had had one on me. We moved up to northern Minnesota. And, like, you can watch the leeches swim in the lakes there. They're, like, big and gross. But I didn't know what the heck they were. My mom didn't know what they were. My dad, I, I mean, they they knew leeches existed, but it was something we saw. We were up there for, it was like our second week there or something, and we were swimming, and I came out of the lake, and my mom's like, oh, you got a reed stuck to your thigh. And she grabbed it to pull it off, and my skin stretched because it was stuck to me, and I lost my mind. I took off running. When I was a little kid, if I had if I got hurt or something scared me, I just ran as fast as I could. I took off running and she had to chase me down and throw me in, in the cab of the pickup and pull this thing off of me. Cause she didn't know. And she didn't know what the heck was going on. Um, and ever since then, I can't even put a leech on a hook. I can't, that they freak me out, man. I have like a phobia of these stupid things. So that was one of your youth, uh, outdoor experiences, huh? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. That's a, that's a, that's, uh, one of my earlier outdoor experiences. And so it's lucky I still go outside. So you you also have a one of the most fun outdoor hobbies that I could think of to take kids to get them outside uh, in the springtime. Don't you hunt arrowheads? That's really fun, and we do a lot of that. We we hunt arrowheads or old bones, and so what we'll do is we'll go to uh, any river or. Um, or reservoir where the water has been higher and is now low. And in the spring, sometimes it's the, if, if the, if the snow hasn't melted off, um, but there's exposed bank and stuff, um, it's a good time to do it. And we'll just walk and look for stuff. We found, we look for bones and pick them up and look for rocks and, and arrowheads and stuff and pick them up. And, uh, uh that's one that, that kids are kind of of all ages get into cause they think they're treasure hunting. And, you know, I would get excited and pretend like they were finding stuff that, you know, aren't really, that was just, you know, a rock. Um, but we found some cool stuff, man. I remember a couple of years, eh, probably, probably seven or eight years ago, me and Ella and two of her friends were out and we were walking a, uh, um, a river bank, kind of a, a, the water was real low. So we were kind of in the river and kind of not. And we found two buffalo skulls. Um, that were, you know, so anyway, my, I guess my point is you can find all kinds of stuff. It doesn't matter if it's a, if it's a bone from a rib of a, of a mouse that died there, you know, last year to the kid, it is a crazy treasure to think they can find it. And, and, uh, it's just an excellent way to get them out and get, you know, walking around, not be afraid to get muddy, Digging your hands in the mud uh, is is yeah the the arrowheads or the bows or whatever you can find, um, um, but man that has been that has been a really 
big deal getting kids outside and getting them and getting them to uh, have fun. And then they also come back with like a small little, you know, grocery bag full of treasures as far as they're concerned uh, that they get, that I, you know, they take home with them. And it might, it's probably just little polished rocks from the, from the river, or, you know, maybe there's, like I said, maybe there's some bones or something in there, but every once in a while, there's something really cool too. There might be an arrowhead that they found. They get real excited about that. It's souvenirs of their time outside, basically. Exactly. Exactly. Creek, yep, exactly. Creek yeah, that's a, that's a good one. Just going, um, treasure hunting is, that's uh, it. Every kid can kind of relate to that, and they just—I've never found one that didn't eventually have fun if you act excited enough about the stuff they're finding. We we usually treasure hunt, you know, all the stuff people lose in town, so we find like real cool stuff. It's it's not so uh, artifacty like what you're doing, but we're a like, little more urban like, artifacts. Yeah, yeah we're like, syringe. like look at this baby doll or this this bat baseball. We, this shit we could keep. It, hey, it is like a rappers. treasure hunt. This shopping cart. But along the water is for everybody, whether it's fishing or not. Creek stomping and and that kind of that's it, like you said, it kind of it just you know, gets you out there. Even I was gonna yep. ask, growing up, did you take her out? I know for Jason and I, and uh, I we had a creek right in the backyard. Just going up, flipping rocks. Finding crayfish, yes. catching crayfish was another thing we did a lot. Really we small and, water. You know, you know, just to, something that we did to just do catching crayfish. I thought it was the greatest thing. I could have spent hours upon hours as a kid doing that kind of stuff. Yep, catching crayfish, chasing frogs, catching snakes. And Ellen, I've done all of that stuff. So, so uh, that's the, being outside. Like, yeah, it, it doesn't have to have a point. Right. So I fish to go catch fish or I hunt because I'm hunting or I'm camping because I'm camping. Those all have points. And we sort of talked about that. But Ella and I did a ton of being outside just to be out there. And so you just make like you said, make a little game out of it or not or um, uh, uh, a game show you know, it, across it didn't Alaska. have to have a real reason to be there. It could just be, hey, you know, we're going to walk like you said, we're going to pound this creek bank and we're going to flip over the rocks and see what lives underneath them or grab the crayfish that live under there or catch a frog or or all of the above. Um, and, and yeah, that was certainly our entry point to be it outside was uh, was just out banging around in the in the in the water, not being afraid to get dirty. Like that was a weird hurdle to get over with. And I don't know if that's specific to Ella or all kids now, but I don't ever remember caring whether or not I was dirty you cared See, if like, you got a bath. You, you were to, pissed. Like I had to work to be like, it is okay for your hands to get muddy. Like that's fine. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Growing up, I didn't care if I was dirty, filthy. The only thing I didn't like was dirt under my fingernails because it felt weird. <laughs> you were mad <laughs> when you had weird. to take a bath when I was growing up. I'm like ah shit, can't wash all this luck off. So one more thing, uh, when you're flipping rocks over and you're finding critters and bugs and frogs. And they're asking questions. Do you know the answer, or are you just making shit up along the way? Uh, good question. I, I don't. I don't make shit up along the way. Um, you Google it. Yeah, <laughs> on the I'll way, say, or I'll just be like, I, I have no be idea. Right back. We'll, we'll, we'll let's you know. Check let's it look out. when we get home or whatever. And then there's enough stuff that I kind of know the answer to, where I could be like, well, I don't know. That looks like, you know, I think that's a. That might um, be. It could be. That's a good yeah, answer. I think that's a nymph of some kind, or you know, just whatever it is. Um, but then there's a lot. You know, a lot more than you think you do. Like kids don't know about tadpoles until you go show them a whole bunch of tadpoles, and you're like, "Look, these are tadpoles," and then they think you're a genius. <laughs> Those grow to be frogs. Yeah, wait till they switch to frogs, and you say them are the same tadpoles. 
You're a magician. <laughs> Sometimes I find it fun to just make shit up along the way. Just oh yeah. Just try my best. That that's a baby dragon, you know. <laughs> that that's Voltron's left leg, and just try my best to to see how far I can push it before he says. Dad, no. That's no. funny. Bullshit that is, is what funny. he said. Yeah, I suppose to tell, as long as he as he does the dad no thing, you don't want him to go to school and be like, we caught baby dragons, and then his friends beat him up for being a dummy. <laughs> then he'll want to see the baby dragons. Everybody would be like, make us, take us to the baby dragons. That's, that's what would happen. Or exactly. we'll beat you. <laughs> that's exactly right. I was reading about, this is totally unrelated, but... You said baby dragons are reminding me of it. I was reading about, I'm reading right now about uh, the early explorers in West, uh, in the, in Western United States. And um, I knew that when Lewis and Clark came out here, Thomas Jefferson thought they might find like mammoths and stuff. So they had like this, this explicit order to look for mammoths and mastodons and dinosaurs and other things. But there was an earlier explorer, a French explorer, or maybe Spanish that he was a, uh, that he was told to watch out for unicorns, and then it was given like a very explicit description of what a unicorn looks like, and that he would probably see him on his way out to see the Mandan Indians in Western North Dakota, so to keep his eye open for the one-horned horses that lived out there. Now that story has trickled all the way down to the construction business, where you send the new guy to find the board stretcher. Exactly right. Exactly right. <laughs> yeah, watch for the unicorns. <laughs> they all laughed when he left. Laughed their asses off. Incredible. <laughs> yeah. I, I've had. I went and looked for the board stretcher. I'm a construction worker. No mammoths. I, I've been. Uh, but we did find the board stretcher. And the same guy that told Jay to look for the board stretcher told me to look for the felt stretcher. 15 years ago <laughs> when I he's, used to roof with him. He's Go get still, the siding stretcher. Tell, tell him next guy, if he ever gets gets any more, you got to tell him. He'll tell be him. dead and I'll be getting a next guy. Yeah, well, the, you could use the, the penis stretcher then. You, there you go. Hey, reach in my oh. back pocket and grab the penis stretcher. <laughs> it just makes it wider, not longer. Yeah, like a change wheel. <laughs> it has a girth if you leave it on. <laughs> <laughs> Got to clamp it, ratchet it tighter. You fit right in with this podcast, buddy. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, you sound like that you've had a very successful career in the outdoors with the accompaniment of your daughter, man, and that sounds like a great story. I hope we could all get there one day because our kids are like, Meh, Facebook, meh, this, that, and a lot changes every year for these kids, so who knows what they're going to be like. We're we're just, just the same, you know, the, the dirty 80 babies who grew up on the stuff, and it's hard to it's hard to teach it to the next generation where it isn't so popular. Yeah, it's tough, and, uh, you know, like I said with the uh, phones in the car, a camping rule, there's, a, there's an hour there that's a pain in the ass that you got to get over, but I do think that, I know they're into all that stuff. I think that while while sometimes you got to force them to to walk away from it because it's addictive, man. It's that's it's built to be that way. You got to force them to walk away from it for an hour, and they're going to whine about that um, once they get engaged in like the sort of real physical world around them. They 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 will enjoy themselves. It's just can you can you do you have the patience today to get through that first hour where they're miserable in which they were they were 
chatting with their friends or whatever. And, and you know, it's sometimes the answer is no, man, I today, it's just not in me today. It's like, I'm not going to fight this fight. I'll go out by myself, <laughs> but you know, but sometimes, but it, the more I did or the more I have, um, the, uh, uh, the easier it, it, it got through time. And, uh, um, yeah, so far so good. We'll see. Now we're going to see, you know, if, if she continues to ask to go do that stuff as she continue as she gets older, if she ends up walking away for a while, now you got we'll your... see if she uh, is, uh, what I'll be interested to see is if she associates with people who also do outdoor stuff. Right. So like, does she date guys who are outdoor guys or does she have friends that also go do out different outdoor activities or, or not? Cause I think that probably, at least it did for me in my teen and twenties had as much to do with what I, what my friends did had as much to do with what I decided to go do with my free time um, as, you know, what I liked. I wasn't asking myself, what really brings you joy, Dan? I was like, fucking my friends are going to go do this. Let's go. You Hell I mean? yeah, they're doing so it. So we'll see. We'll see. What do you mean? Ashton is forever in a zippy car. You better get fucking <laughs> used to it. <laughs> so, you better so, get used to that zippy car and that wishy hair. But you do have... I told Ashton I was going to teach him how to drive a stick uh, ah. this summer. And, and so if they make it to the summer, I'm going to make him learn how to drive a four-wheel drive and a stick. We'll see. Why would he want to drive goes. a stick? Hey, you got your mom in your corner, though, so you are you got it kind of... You got the, the women fly fishing thing going on over there, so hopefully your daughter sticks with it and you got, you know, somebody who can ha- handle those fish on the front of that bow. Yeah, that's what we need, man. We more, The more the merrier, right? Do you have any plans uh, for her this summer, like trying to get get something lined up? Yeah, I do actually. So because we made it through last summer without ever actually going on a relatively serious camping trip, um, and because I was like, I was doing it like we did the whole time she was young, which was like, oh, I can just pick a Saturday and be like, let's go. I realized last year because it all fell apart that I've got to make a conscious effort to be like, okay, you know, that we're doing it this time. Here's three months notice. And so, so we're going to take a trip to Colorado, um, that she knows about that's on, you know, on the calendar and don't schedule yourself for work. And, you know, and that, and, you know, in abstract that she's like, yeah, she's all excited. I know that as we approach this, it's going to, she's that she might actually start to fight me on it a little bit and be like, cause she's going to be away from her friends for that, you know, that week or whatever it ends up being. And, uh, <laughs> um, but we've got a, 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 a couple of things like that, that we, that I have decided, um, I just had to handle it differently than I did when she was little, when she was little or small, even I doesn't have to be that little, just not quite 16. I could just say, all right, well, let's go camping this weekend. And she was like, okay, let's go. And and then last summer, it, it, I realized I could no longer do that because she has, you know, she has a life all of a sudden, like this sort of external life that's new. And uh, so now I have to schedule myself in. <laughs> and I'm doing that by taking her to Colorado this year. Um, and then we're actually going to also do a trip out to the short trip out to the Black Hills for some camping. Um and then, you know, hopefully squeeze in some other than that if her friends want to go and, and she's willing to, you know, and, and we can find the time, we'll we'll do some local stuff. But So what's but, on the menu uh, when you guys get out to Colorado? What's that? So what's on the menu when you guys have to get, get out to Colorado? Trout fishing? Is it, you know, a little bit of camping trout fishing mix? Or what are you guys doing? 
carpet, yeah, little, whatever. A little bit of uh, trout fishing, a little bit of hiking, um, uh, a little bit of camping, just kind of a mix of, of different, you know, things to be outside. The mountains are cool and we live in flatland. So they're, they really, you know, she, she'll, she really likes to get to the mountains. So even if it's just, you know, go, go out and spend some time hiking or whatever, she'll be, she'll be down for that. So yeah, we're going to camp, uh, for a couple, for a few days. Um, and, uh, and, and do some trout fishing over that time, but mostly just go climb around and go look at stuff and, you know, and, uh, go swimming and just all, all of that kind of stuff. I've got some family in Southern Colorado. We'll probably visit them as a part of the, the process and, and, uh, um, yeah, just kind of do a little bit, of all of it, try, try to, try to roll with the punches, you know, I see a lot of mountaintop duck, uh, duck face selfies. There will be those <laughs> for sure. Um, there will be, uh, Hey dad, take a picture of me. Hey dad, you know, the sun setting and the lights perfect. Take a picture of me. There'll be that stuff. Um, <laughs> but uh, hopefully she doesn't actually back off of a cliff or anything while she's trying to take a <laughs> selfie. I hope not. Does, uh, can you make a game out of packing still? I know my six-year-old, I can do that. Hey, buddy, let's go, uh, let's go, like, the week prior. Don't forget this. Don't forget your Mr. Bear Bear stuffy, stuff like that. That's good. No, I can't anymore. I wish I could. Now we're way more likely to hear this. I didn't bring my swimming trunk bottoms. Can we go buy some? Or, Dad, I forgot my shoes. I mean, because everything is a distraction. Some? Everything is doing three things at once. So uh, it's actually, the packing has gotten worse the older she's gotten. It's yeah. crazy. It's crazy. I do I, the I, packing, I so I'm not buying it. I've been like, are you kidding me? You didn't bring any pants. <laughs> it's cold, no pants. Did you pack with your eyes closed? Or, like, how did this happen? Uh, we went to the Beast of the East, I think, two years ago, and I forgot all all my jackets. <laughs> You're just like my daughter. <laughs> Chad's worse than your daughter. Chad's like your daughter, but like add that, but a guy who or somebody who snores really, really bad too. <laughs> so if your daughter snored like a 35 year old fat guy that has uh, that has what what do you have uh, sleep apnea, then then yeah, then, then add yeah, add Chad to your trip. <laughs> I'm your daughter, but 20 years older. And you drink all your bourbon, too. <laughs> oh, my God. You're making, you guys make him sound uh, uh, so enticing to hang out with. They paint a hell of a picture of me. Yeah, that's right. It's real. It, with friends like these, right? Exactly. <laughs> hey, Chad, life's not all about looks, buddy. I know. Hey, Obviously, you, I made this long. Hey, as soon as you get that, sla- uh, that the mask, man, I'll be able to sleep right next to you, sweetheart, and spoon right up next to you again. I don't know how we're going to be able to tank camp with that, because that runs on power. Well, you guys can't teabag if he's wearing a mask. Got <laughs> Well, if he has a mask, he's got to be we'll, we'll a small get... spoon. No, he's the, he's the bagger. In the way. He's not the baggy. We have diesel batteries, Chad. <laughs> diesel batteries. Chad's running a CPAP machine off diesel batteries. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, that's freaking hilarious <laughs> oh it's all jokes all jokes until yeah, i cry expense. <laughs> so dan is there anything that we have forgotten about or didn't hit on or any um, last great tips no, to mean, keep your kids interested uh, in the outdoors i think you guys have we've covered it i just you know i guess i'd leave you with um the more 
the the world sort of creates veal children and becomes more urbanized and more time inside and more time on screens kind of you know we're starting to really see the impacts of that on human beings and and there's all kinds of good research about you know higher anxiety levels and and more depression and just lots of stuff that it causes um to to not be engaged in the outdoors so you know it's 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 something that we should all remember but being involved being outside and doing stuff outside that's like a real fundamental part of what it means to be a human being and our and you know our well-being on some level i think depends on on engaging in in the those activities that are a part of who we are as a species so you know because i have that belief i've I've made it a real concerted effort to like this is something she needs to have in her life to be a well-rounded, healthy human being. Just like she also needs to go to the doctor. She's got to eat her vegetables. She's got to, you know, and so um, while, uh, and, and I'm not talking to you guys. I know you guys probably know this, but I think we as Americans need to remember that um, it's not just a luxury of it would be fun to get them outside. And in, in my mind, it's, it's kind of a requirement of being a, a, a well-rounded human being or a, a, as a parent to give them these, this sort of healthy um, uh, activities that are important to what will eventually be their, their well-being uh, in the future. And, and so it takes effort. And I would like to say, oh, because of something I did now, you know, she always wants to go outside and do things outside with me. That's not the case. It's just kind of like it's not the case that she always wants to eat her vegetables or, or you know, get up in the morning when she's supposed to or go to bed at a decent time. But I think it's as important to her well-being um, uh, as those other things. So sometimes I have to put forth a pretty serious effort um, to make sure it happens. But the payoff, hopefully, is uh, is not only that she likes to do outdoor stuff and we can do that together, but she's healthier, happier, more well-rounded, uh, adult when she, uh, when she gets there. That's, that's the goal, right? 100%. And like you said, it's your job to season the, uh, the vegetables. So she wants to eat them. You have to season the outdoors. So she wants to be in them. Yeah. Well, yeah, said. I, I totally agree. So, Hey Dan, thank you so much for your time tonight. And, uh, thank you for, uh, just being my friend. Thanks, boys. I appreciate it. It's always fun. He needs one of this company. Love you, man. (laughs) (laughs) All right, man. Hey, where can everyone check you out on uh, Facebook Uh, and Instagram? Yeah, check me out on Instagram. I'm DC Frazier on Instagram. I'm Dan Frazier on Facebook. Um, But, yeah, that's that's where where to keep an eye on things. We've got stuff going on. I've got, you know, I'm always writing articles and things like that. But but some other stuff that may be coming that people be interested in. So, uh, you know, check it out. All right, man. We'll keep in touch. All right. I appreciate it, guys. Sometime at night, call below, look up in sky and say, what the hell going on up there? Do UFO live on other planet, phoning home like E.T.? Call below, read on TV about white people getting deducted by aliens, sticking all kind of hell up their butt. And that's a damn thing. Now, Carl Malone never seen no flying saucer himself, but if he do, 
that's gonna be a spooky time. That's why Carl Malone say, government got to step up and give 102% to keeping them little green man off this here earth. Cause the day them dudes stick something up Carl Malone but that's gonna, well, that ain't gonna be no good time for nobody. Especially Carl Malone but. Listen up, E.T., you better stay the hell back. Nanu, nanu. Until next time, this here Carl Malone. And this one's for you, Pat. And dance fun. <laughs> oh, it's awesome. So I had I, you know, I had something pop into my head. We can get, we get, I, we've been talking about getting to this the fish that got away. We should hit that in this segment tonight. I thought about that earlier. <clears throat> and I've been thinking about mine, but even why don't we hit on you know what what moment in your life when you're earlier really made you want to spend more time in the outdoors? I think we should talk about that for a second, each of us. Don't you think so? Yeah. Is anybody else against that? Can we pull nah, something off the top of our head? I, Jace, go ahead. I, we always know you can talk, I so can go, just, go for it, Jace. I'll just you, mention you off of what he went into saying he's from a city that that shit don't exist no more, man. You know, like you, you I take it with a grain of salt. I grew up like that. Catch a bunch of fish, do this, that, and the other, and, and have it at your fingertips and not really, you know, think much into it. Other people don't have it, so it's it's hard to say, man. Hard to say what if there is, uh, is a future. I'm almost gonna piggyback because there's there's no like one point in my life that I ever it, there just was no other option. Well, it all progressed. That was just I mean I didn't know that there was any other way. Where we lived and how kind of my life was structured was, and I was fortunate because we had a lot of property, we had a lot of access to it, and you just never did anything other than hop on a four wheeler ride back in the woods and you played up and down the creek every every day. That's just what we did. Until the creek became the, the river, then the river became, you know, trips when you were able to drive and, and, and you know, bigger stuff like that. That's just here. That's that's the progression. And I mean, I pe- remember, like, myself, like, as a young kid, 
we always got night like fishing, Jason I, well, night fish, all kind Jay, of stuff. Jason man. and I got like drug up to Erie when we were really young, and even when the salmon were still running, we were you know four, three, five years old. Oh, but yeah. I remember seeing, man, getting a reel in some giant fish, you know, Dad and them were catching. We were out, you know, we've talked about rolling around. but The excitement would, of getting to go with the big <laughs> yeah. the big guys, like, oh, yeah, yeah hell yeah, well, you can sit on the bank. But that was, that was much love to them for letting us sit there. And they, you know, they made it accommodating for us. There were boats involved, and it kind of, you know, always was accommodating to that. But I, but I was thinking about something that, like, Dan as well. When we took vacations, they were always, like... Outdoor vacations. It was always camping, maybe next to Elk Staying Creek next when we to were the kids. Lake or, what? or or yes, yeah, camping next to the creek or the lake up up in Having New York. Having the boat, yeah. yeah. Going salmon fishing or going up to Canada, going to get the musky fish and staying walleye, out in cabins. Yeah, didn't or matter. Pimatuming, going for walleye on the Local, boat, John yeah. boat. You know, it was always the outdoor things that we spent our vacations doing. We never really, I mean, we did go do little little stuff, but it was never going to, like, Florida to the beach and not doing anything but sitting on the, the beach. Mundane, and dumb, the mundane yeah, planned no, out vacation. No. It was going, you know, even, and, and thank gosh, you know, another thing, even my, I had one uncle who, you know, my Uncle Bob, we all know Uncle Bob. He wasn't, he's not a fisherman, not a hunter, wasn't like that. But man, man, he would love. He loved going up, just up by the Allegheny River, you know, and we're kind of where we all fish and stuff that area, and just going out and tent, tenting out in the middle of nowhere, a little property he knew on the side of a mountain that he could get out. He had access to, but that was his thing. You know, he would always take us out camping, even if it wasn't. Or you know, we would go out. We built a fort, or you know. That was the kind of stuff, and those things always turned me to the out, like to being in the outdoors. I think as a kid. Well, being in the outdoors, so long, this is like a, a little bit of a retrospect to your look at your your question. You were saying, "I'm gonna live under a fucking bridge." I love it so much. <laughs> Ended up under a bridge. Why he liked fishing? Psh, we're a better place. Look at him go. Jace is a troll. He's gonna end up being a troll, huh? At least I'm not a troll on the internet on good days. Chad, do you remember anything about that? Or, or or just why, when, whatever. Chad became a professional bass circuit fisherman. Because uh, your dad was really wasn't into like fishing. We might have been in the outdoors a little more, though. Yeah, no, my dad wasn't into the outdoors per se. But I do remember one time that made me want to like kind of do what we do and like hang out with the boys. And Was it after you watched me smoke them a bunch of times? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> just wanted to make sure I didn't have that much influence on you. I was 13, I think. My first year hunting, and I got to go down to southern Ohio with the boys, with my my two uncles, God rest their souls, my cousin Chris. We grew up in a, a canvas tent. It was like a 10-person tent, and we I got to drink all, or watch all the old men drink Boone's Farm and get all sorts of messed up. I was like, yeah. That sounds like a real deal hunting trip. It was. Uh, I was. I remember sitting uh, on top of a hill with my Uncle Skinny, a little doe walks out. I was like, Uncle Skinny, you want me to shoot? Bang! <laughs> oh. I, guess, I guess not. Not your turn yet, bud. Next year. But, but guess who drug that little doe up the hill? <laughs> I bet you did. Yeah, it was me. That was before Uncle Skinny only had one leg. But he still made me drag it. <laughs> uh, we get to see some coyotes. And that's when I remember wanting to, wanting to keep that in my life. 
the fishing, you know, I grew up with a pond across the street, and that that was ingrained in me. But like the out the outdoors, that was the the one first trip I remember. So that's the one I remember. That's my story. Ah, uh, dude. Yeah. Well, like but, you you said though that that was a hunting experience, but there's just you know abroad there's so much so. So don't don't overthink, you know, letting your kid go play in that that little trickle or something. It'll be all right. Well, maybe check it for needles, but get down there with them. Get your hands dirty. That's where his fun starts, right? Yeah, man. And I remember growing up like a feral kid. You know? Oh, absolutely. I was an actual I, feral I, kid. You're gonna you have know, to specify I, I, better. I, I, <laughs> even as a parent now, I. Feel like I would be a terrible parent if I was just letting my kid run around in the woods. And I grew up like that, though. Like wait, I grew wait. up in everybody Tri- else's yard, everybody else's field, running by the creeks, running by the lakes, just doing what the hell I wanted about to do. Growing for hours up, and hours on growing end. up outside forever yeah, until it. dark, and yeah, then you'd show you back up home. At, you, know, you never lived at home. You remember that tractor that you got run over by? Oh, absolutely. Imagine if Riley came rolling through the woods with some crazy lunatic child driving it. What would you what would you do as a parent? I would snap out, man. I know. I would lose it. You know how I am. But I would be in a 110 screaming and screaming out loud louder yelling than doesn't make yelling you popular. Louder than I'm yelling into the microphone right now even thinking about it. Oh, I would I would want to kill a kid. I know. I oh they, man, what Dan's talking about going through with swoopy hair and 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 stupid cars like I'm going to seriously fucking snap out. I'm going to have a really bad hard time with this. It's not going to be good in my household. Oh, God bless him for being so nice to what the fuck ever. Ashton. Kid, Ashton. Oh, it sound that sounds like a Oh man, does that sound like a I had an early 2000s mom name? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or whatever, even late 90s Ashton. Oh man. Oh, uh, that's a name for swoopy hair. It sure is. <laughs> <laughs> so come on now, we give them all a chance, especially in Jason's family. There have been some. Uh, we, we've had some. We've what, had what some show about? ups. Think how bad Abby's father had to been freaking out when that asshole walked Showed in the up. door. Yeah, what the fuck? Is, what? What is this shit? <laughs> What's this pile of shit on my porch, girl? Abby, (laughs) what is wrong with that boy's face? His nose is three feet long. All right. (laughs) You pulled one with bad jeans, babe. He he said, where's the rest of them? (laughs) The only thing I had in common with that man, we both came from the middle of nowhere. And I think he liked that about me. That was was it, though. He was from Salem, Ohio, so that's about as out out there as this is. Yeah. But you brought Pelican home from the zoo. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I went to bring Toucan Salmon. I knew the dog Take pissed. Take back where you got it. I knew that Chihuahua <laughs> pissed on his leg for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I, hey, I'm sure Chris didn't think. Hey, Chris at least Ashton has a car. I came in with no car at all. <laughs> Good job, bud. You Good walked job. to her house. I did have nice swoopy hair, though. <laughs> Real swoopy. How nice of you. Oh my god. And, and this guy's freaking married. Oh. oh god. Any bread? Ain't, yeah, there ain't no going hey, back hey, on hey, that. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> no, your daughter's a, a, your daughter a, bright is a young, sweet little girl. I have a girl. bright young oh, child. We, god bless her. I, she didn't get none of it from me. I don't her. know what happened to her. I didn't, I didn't give her enough attention <laughs> when I her seen her. No, she that's got some of her mom's jeans, not mine. Oh my goodness. Uh, yeah, no. Hardest thing to do is get your kids outside. So just, uh, 
coax them a little bit, hold that, hold that little something or new rules or all that that little shit. You got to try something because if they sit on their phone all day, they're trash. Throw the kids out, they're trash. That's what my kids been doing because it's cold, shitty weather. Usually, you can like drag them around on a lake, you know, in a sled or. Go hit the sled riding hill. No, there's sure. Nothing, there's nothing. Oh, I know. At there's least nothing there was... to do right now. It's nasty weather out. It sucks. At least uh, if there was snow, let, let's get some real snow. I'll take like two feet if we're gonna have it. Oh, I like it. It's pretty. Oh, I don't know don't if I. Have it. I don't know if I told the story on here, but we got this sled ride for one night around here. We went over to our buddy John's house in Sled Road. So Nolan was one night while it was winter. Yes. <laughs> so Nolan was dragging the sled back up the hill. I was like, all right, I'm getting them. Took them out. Oh, I took them right out. I ran and slid on my belly on the sled. On the sled. I took them right out the knees. He laughed so hard. I laughed hard. His mom was like, oh, my God, help him. Help him up. You know, further leading to the realization of my son. You need to smack your wife a chopped little him bit. Down so, you chopped him down so he could lay. What are you talking about? <laughs> lay down, Bill. He's a boy. He should play football. But he's a veal boy. I will say no football till fifth grade. Oh, no. You, you got to let that cement dry sure, in his sure. head. A little bit. No, it's, not, not, no, it's not even no, dry till 18. No, but, but look, nowadays they have the flag football. So if you want to, that, that's just pretty organized. Just take the L out of that. I think it's, uh, well, <laughs> dude, no, I, I think it's, I think wow. it's. Hey, wow. we can't throw we can't throw veal into the blender and turn it on, bro. Yeah, man. In, no, man. Well, not everybody's ready to, you know, ride a bicycle with a helmet like we did because we were going to crash it. That was the plan. That's why the helmet was on. The only reason we ever wore a helmet was because we planned on using it. We do you have a mouse in your pocket? <laughs> you ever, have you ever crashed a bike? Absolutely. And I it, never wore a helmet. I don't know. Uh, I ripped my face off one time. This is my second face. I, what my helmet? first one was okay. No, I wouldn't say I wore a helmet, but I mean, you, you never wore like a football helmet riding a bike and, no, and do dangerous man. shit. Well, when I jumped my buddy's little mini fifty dirt bike on a on a ramp that we made out of a piece of plywood and his dad's over toolbox. three midgets. Oh yeah, <laughs> over three laying we, down kids. We, we put on our midget football helmets when we did that. Oh yeah, go. yeah. You got to wear yeah for sure. Yeah, then I you took off down the hill. In Allegheny, we were staying up right on the river. It's probably about a 70, 80 foot hill. Ride real fast on my bike for as soon as we got there. Didn't know there was about a two and a half foot drop. You ruined the trip. Ruined it right <laughs> straight off. I hit it so hard. You hit it about and a for 45. The, for the next day, 45 angle. I had a tire strip right up my spine. Oh my God. <laughs> Did you get a little rash? Oh, a whole side of my face. Yummy. I'll tell you what, I bought a helmet at 34 years old. Because I wanted to get my son down to the skate park, and I can't tell him to wear a helmet if I'm not going to do it. So I ended up buying a helmet at 34, and he bought, I got him one at four. So that's, I started wearing a helmet now. You know, Probably you a even... good idea. That'll compensate for the belly offsetting on the skateboard. Yeah. Fuck you. I know you're not going to bounce up off the ground after you hit your head without that helmet, bro. You might die. I am glad I had that helmet on this year when I wiped out, and I wiped out hard. It was the very first, like, three minutes we were there. I, I was dropping in, <laughs> trying to do something stupid. M- luckily, my wife was there. You oh, had your God. helmet on, though, right? I had my helmet on. I didn't have knee pads on. I had shorts on. But did you hit your head? I don't remember. I hit my knee and my elbow, and I 
He well, doesn't remember. <laughs> I'm guessing that's a yes. <laughs> I just know that there were times when I really fell to the ground and hit your head. You, you remember those? Where your head was like cracked. Oh, yeah. You, you had to double check and see if oh, it was cracked wide sure. open and your brain wasn't falling out. Oh, yes, I had one of those on ice in front of two girls, man. Okay, you, you can't do that shit when you're grown up. Oh, no. Do you guys know this hill right outside of here? It was raining one day and Ernie and I were... We were doing our street luges. Oh, street luging was fun. I did that too. But we, but I, I brought my skateboard. I rode the skateboard down the hill, and I wanted to power slide at the end. So I, I hit the power slide at the bottom of the hill, and the board just shot straight out from under me. And your face met? No, my the back of my head met the or hit the middle of the road. Mm. Oh my god, that that was an early night. Worse, worse than any football hit you ever took? Yes, yes. That yeah, that the cement just jumped up and got you know gravity yeah, involved. Did yeah, you? anyone that I hit playing football, their bodies gave. That road didn't give. Well, at even all. even your helmet shot back. You know what I'm yeah. saying? You didn't push through with full intent. Like, uh, and did you hear how I wow. said that? Anyone that I hit, not anyone that hit me. Yeah, because you... Oh, Chad was a bad dude, man. He was the baddest. <laughs> he was the defensive end, man. It's fucking hard to hit people on the ground, Chad. <laughs> What do you mean, hitting them in their shoelaces like as they go by? Stop. Yeah, man. Defensive end, then? Defensive end and center. It's a fun place to play. I love play. hitting people. That's awesome, man. Had some guy reach under your ass, huh? Speaking of that, next week's the Super Bowl. <laughs> I will never forget. That was a long snapper. Oh, I know I'm the guy who was the quarterback. He loved goosing people, oh, too. He was dreamy. But we were practice one day, and I had eaten all the beans at lunch. I farted <laughs> on his hand. Tainted oh, the rest of his oh life. he was not pleased, so he gave me the little flick next play, right in my balls. <laughs> that hurt so bad. <laughs> Did you give him a mule kick on the next one? No, no, we, we were even. Got. We were even. <laughs> no, no, I would have been hiking it from the deal to crouching position, like, nah, coach, I'm gonna just do it like this for the rest Jeez, of the day. I saw that dude. I saw that dude at uh, one of the football games this past year. He looks like he lives in the fucking weight room now. Yeah. Holy, he was never that big when he was quarterback. Holy shit. Good god damn. Like, what, do you have time for your kids? What do you, what do you eat? He fucking eats nothing kids. Meat? Like, eats whey holy and kids. shit. He eats creatine. <laughs> I swear to god. Snorts whey. Wow. <laughs> Snorts whey. <laughs> whey. It's way out. It's whey, dude, man. I, I do a lot of whey. Tried the whey today. <laughs> it's the chocolate whey. But next week's the Super Bowl. Do we uh we have any picks any plans? Yeah, I want to put a bet on the on the table with I'll Mark. Bet. Well, you know I'm who I'm picking. All right. Are we taking the line? No, what no, is, no. Uh, do you want? Do, I have no idea what the line Two is at all. I'll, I'll look it up right now. I'm gonna take you straight up. I got Kansas City. Okay. I'll take my homes. My homes. We'll do that for you know what. Ah. Uh, I was thinking Mark's going with this team just to clarify. That's the Niners and he's sticking to it. A day of rowing the other person. Oh. Okay. I like that. That's a deal. If I win, you have to come row me. It's Chad's boat though. No, no, no. It's gonna be a Chad's boat. Either way. Either way. In the wind. No, no, if you no, listen. If 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 I win, you row me a day of trout fishing. You win, I will row you a day. On a creek, very close. Musky fishing the whole day. I like. Third person gets to heckle, which we'll have Chad or Jace in the boat. One of the two. It doesn't matter. 
like it. Uh, and that person gets to heckle the, the loser. That's going to be the rower the whole day. Niners are a point and a half favorite. That's what I'm saying. If there's nothing, it's it's basically a toss. It's almost a pick. Yeah. Shake. Shake on that. All That's right. A deal. All right. We'll do that. I want to be on the my boat. I uh, my opinion is is this going to be a really good game? But there's one but. If Niners they, got a way better if, defense. If they do what they did the last two weeks, Kansas City, it's not going to be a good game at all. I don't think so. I don't think so either. And hopefully, they can't start slow. Hopefully, having two weeks to prepare, but two weeks is always offsetting for a quarterback because they usually start a little slow. We'll see if they can hold in there and, and the Niners don't score off the bat, and that game stays tight. It's gonna be a really good game. I heard a stat out of all the Super Bowls that have ever been played. I think three times the number one offense has beaten the number one defense, but it's like. 12 times the number one defense has beaten the number one offense. Yeah, defense is... Defense wins games, man. Defense Defense wins championships. That's what they always say. Offense wins games, defense wins championships. You only need some points on the board to win. You just got to shut them down after that. Well, especially in games like that, they usually tend to let the players decide the game, so the game can end up being a little more physical. So usually defense has a little more of a... Especially that's playoffs in general. I feel like, especially in football, even in well, basketball and as well. And the, they let the players decide the game. So physicality gets a little bit heavier. So, I, man, I know the Niners got the – wow. Actually, these this the two teams in, in, in the Super Bowl both have the best tight ends. Yeah. They have the two – the two best tight ends are playing in, in the Super Bowl. And probably the best quarterback, in my opinion. That D-line, though, of San Francisco is just, oh. Bosa's the man. Well, to Bosa, I tell you what, Buckner, Armstead. When you got a double-team Bosa, know. everybody's going to get some, some mm-hmm. you can't just chip them or have No, them and then all the time off, too, having that bye week, everything got uh, Alexander back and healthy, and he's just, he's a machine for a linebacker. He's kind of the guy that covers from side to side. So it helps everybody else kind of stay in position better too. You guys got Emmanuel Sanders throughout the season too. Yeah, that, that was, was big, actually that was a big that was big up. from Lynch because yeah. back in before their uh, pre, he traded a bunch of guys around and had a few extra first rounders. So they moved him and got Samuel, and he was huge. Yeah, I think but, that's a great. He was he's one of these guys. He got the, he played with a couple a good, lot quarterbacks. Of good quarterbacks. Yeah, so mm-hmm. you know. Ben Roethlisberger, you get to play with you know Peyton Manning, Peyton Manning. for a while. <laughs> you know you get you just. And, and Garoppolo played with another guy like that, Brady. So if it, I'm sure he fit right in and moved right along. The other thing you got to look at, too, is both these teams, There's a, and Tennessee included, there's a bright future for all that. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're young teams. You know, I think what also determines a lot of the Super Bowl, and as long as you're not going to give up a 50-point you know, deficit to Brady like the Atlanta Falcons did, is who settles in first, especially with two younger teams. You know, none of these guys – both quarterbacks aren't—they're not old. You know, Grappolo's been around a little longer, but he hasn't been a starter for very long. He's not even thirty, I don't think. No, I mean, but he's—he yeah, sat behind still, Brady a little yeah, bit. Yeah, but I mean, still though, regardless, he's he, been in the league a while. I don't think he's even thirty. He's like what, twenty-eight, maybe. I'll look I it mean, up. What's in and, and Mahomes is a my Holmes is a young man. You know what I mean? And so we got Mark with the San Fran and Jason for a day of rowing. Jason, you're taking. Oh hell no. Kansas City's tough, man. I mean, you're if, taking if, Kansas if Mahomes, City, but for has, a day of rowing, If Mahomes has the ball with two minutes left and they're down by four even, I 
I'm, hey, I would feel good. You good start throwing is, money, more money out. The good news is, is the Another coach you have. Rowing? He's only had five opportunities to do this so far, and he's not gotten one of them. Is it? Yeah, he's no. done. He's done real well. Right, he's right, 28. Right. Saying 28. this is yeah, uh, yeah. them guys' first. Who first appearance? Home or your your homie? Or maybe four. Yeah, how, oh many, yeah. how many Super Bowls Andy Reid been? They were in the AFC Championship last year. What? How many Super Bowls Andy Reid been to? Four. Ah, uh, no, he's only been to one Super Bowl with no. Green Bay. Uh, no, with the Eagles, he was at one Super no. Bowl. They were at. They, he, had, they won four. Cons- no, they lost four NFC championships. Oh, that's right. They went to four NFC. That's right. That's right. And they, they went to one, one Super Bowl. Yeah, that's. He's been and to one Super Bowl. they lost to the Patriots. Yeah. He's been yeah. to, I think, what six or so championships. Yeah, because that was Terrell Owens yeah. was hurt, came back mm-hmm. and scored a touchdown in that game. I will say, the thing I'm looking forward to next Sunday the most is Groundhog's Day. It is. It surely is. Winners. We get to by. find out whether winners here or not, and that'll be number one ninety-seven. Groundhog's Day. Yeah. I don't know. It's also February, which oh, means I get show. to. You get to drink again. Oh yeah. We're gonna be dumping beers upside because we're down. At 193 bottom, there. We the got, bottom has we a got hole two in, it. in the mystery. For Chad. This one and then that one will be at 197 then. Next week? Mm-hmm. I don't think so. Because that was 193, and then there was two that were deleted. So there's one that. Yeah, but we don't count the two that are deleted. We have to count the two that are deleted. We did. No, it's 193. Yeah, and we had two that were good speed and white. Yeah, but we won't count the two that are deleted because they're we'll not make on them, there. We'll make them up we and we'll count. do voiceovers. <laughs> We'll just make them up with voiceovers, <laughs> with their consent. You know what uh, I mean? Speaking of that, Bob White wanted to come back on. So that's going to be a good show. We'll play that in the springtime. He has a little book coming out. So I told him when that comes a little bit closer, we'll uh, have him back on and talk about all things Mr. Bob White. He's down in Argentina now, hmm. doing the trout and eating lamb and stuff. Oh, that's some good fishing. Yeah, that would be fun. That would be a hell of a good time. I'll tell you boys what. I could really go for a Bloody Mary. Oh. Are you waiting? You're, Six more you're days. Still fasting. Six more days. Chad, you've made it. Did well. Yeah, you're almost there. Um, hey, what music do we want to listen to? Um, I already said the beat. Play that same song, Beastie Boys. Yeah, Beastie Boys is good. Okay. Penny and the Jets, Beastie Boys. Okay. So, Jace, you said you had a story. I f- no, I'm trying to fucking think of it. I, you God it. damn it. <laughs> Had one. So, the fish that uh that got away. Yeah. If you guys want to... I'm, I'm going to hit on... I, I know, yeah. like, I for myself, I, I don't think I... Rem- like, we talked about... the You know, if you catch a fish or miss a fish or whatever, I think that's what makes drives me personally to go back. You know? And one moment I remember, even this is just, I mean, it, there's probably been a million before this and after, but a few, and there were four fish in a row. This is a, you know, Niagara experience with my dad. And we're deciding on, you know, do we stay another day? Do we go? You know, and we're, uh, it was just me and him sitting down there. I change a bead size, drop a smaller bead down there, a little itty bitty bitty green bead. Boom, fish. Lose it. All right, I'm pissed at myself because we're getting ready to go. You know, it's like dark's coming. You know, we're going to walk out in the dark instead of in the light. And then, boom, miss another one. Oh, my God. 
Same th- miss. I miss. I end up missing four fish or losing, losing four fish that I hook up on. Even not missing, hooking four different fish and man, and it just left me with this feeling inside like I can't leave <laughs> this place on that feeling like I can't. I cannot leave. I don't want to leave. I don't want to. You know, if something is missing inside. I'm I'm hurting inside. You're like s- you're swallowing the pill. That's what's stuck <laughs> it, in your throat, it, it, my it, friend. It sucked, it, and you know the, the feeling sucks, and you. You know, you you drive off that feeling. Any anytime you lose a fish, I think even especially if you see a fish, fish gets close, even you know, and you lose that fish, and you're like, man, like. And I know there were just there were fish that were almost just you know you catch you would then then those times I was going I was catching a few I'd already caught fish that day and but still those four fish made me go back the next morning. They had like had me jonesing so bad for more I I could not turn back and just go back, come back to Pennsylvania. There was no way. I had to go down there at least it's for a minute. even worse when you catch them. You know, go g- I needed to at least go get one before I went back. And we ended up going back the next day and had a good time. But that made me want to go back. And, you know, the one we lost the other day makes me want to go back to the Trout River, you know, every time. Yeah, that was a nice-looking fish. And I used to dwell on the big fish lost. I don't hang up on that no more. That's stupid. It's it just makes fish. me want to go back the next uh, time and redeem yeah, oh myself. Yeah. Well, that's what the next time's for. I remember you gotta, fish I catch. You got to regroup. You got to get it under control, bud. I hate it when you do four in a row, like you're saying, on the same shit. Yeah, that gets you hurting. <laughs> but but this, that's what the next time's for. I don't know. I think I think on days when I don't lose none, shit lined up right. Perfect. Because losing the fish is all about... That's the first thing that could happen. Yeah, lose it. So, I mean, I think, like, you know, losing the fish after you've had it. Oh, and everything was right. It was like, as much as that bass hurt, that pike that I had that, from a couple years ago that we talked about on here, was that one was tough. The big one. That I'd seen that fish multiple times. I knew it was over 40. I had it the whole way to me. I was reaching for my line, and it took one more run. And, I mean, having fought for that fish for just trip after trip after trip and then finally getting the conditions right and i mean you have super low clear water running a full sink just dragging bottom and just dredged him out of 10 foot of water fighting him the whole way in and just reaching for him and he's right there and you know it's him he's different color different everything and that was a 40 plus inch pike in a place you fish pretty much your whole life too mm-hmm. and just boom just fires right back off as fast as it could right back into that pool and cuts off that one more than anything. Still there then, right? Do- Nothing to worry about. We go back. <laughs> that was two years ago. He's do you there. think that's why you, you don't go back there as much? I think I just, the more the, the muskie just really got me that bad. I still do want to go back and pike fish. but Any I muskie? Just, Any muskie there? you lost that you remember that you really ever? No, I kind of sealed that deal here about a month ago. Yeah. yeah none of them bother you now. That's that one idea. really stunk that morning that I caught that one, though. That one, I mean, having it in the net and falling and losing the net and watching a fish swim out, that one kind of stunk. But I never forget I the time the I had a muskie follow. It was, we were up fishing up in Canada. I don't forget that. That's right there. Boom. Muskie follow. So I can see where you're, where the uh, the muskie fishing gets addicting. Oh, sure. yeah. I mean, there's a lot of times that you know, I'm looking back on, you know, I screwed things up and things I wish I would have changed on the figure eights. And now that, I mean, the last few months I had a lot of fish in the figure eight. Learned a lot. So 
I think them were only just opportunities for you to just sit back and dwell on to figure out what can I do the next time and just build confidence from it. Like, you know, if that, I think that's the biggest thing with musky fishing is if people can understand you've been here before. I mean, just have that attitude that, you know, I've done this before, comes into the eight, don't, you know, freak out, panic. Do your thing. Try to keep that fish from eating it. And then when you get to where you want them, let them eat it. And just, you know, kind of work that cat and mouse with it. And I think once a lot of people do that, and then you can learn from the, all of these mistakes and them lost fish and the missed ones from that. All you're doing is letting yours marinate. Oh, there's one there. I'll be, I'll be back. I'm having hey, more uh, fun now. Dry my I don't socks even off. want them. I don't want them to eat out. I don't want them to just. I, I want to be able to see that fish and start playing with it and kind of working with them now. It's just it's a lot more fun. The whole time Mark was talking, I thought about one fish that that got off. Remember that one hybrid uh, when <laughs> you, do. you mean Slater? But you know that that's one thing. I had to think hard about it. You know. It, it was a big fish. Yeah, I had it in my feet, yeah. but eh, whatever. I hooked it. <laughs> Jay jumped right in the hole and didn't help me land it. Yeah. There were other people <laughs> helping. Pull it on the leader, email. I I should have. <laughs> like Jay. I should. There were two fish there. That there were, were other people up. helping. We've talked about this before. <laughs> there were two fish there nosed up. They were like breeding, acting like they were breeding. They weren't breeding because they're hybrids, so they can't breed. <laughs> But they were acting like they wanted to, and they were two like the same size fish. I'm what? like, well, I'm gonna catch were the other one. They at you some type of way, but no, man. Yeah, like were... we were knocking on their door while he's trying to get it in. Hey, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And then one ate, and then Chad goes, yeah, it goes screaming down the top end of that thing, jumps off the off the uh, the off the off it, the ramp. It jumps off, off the, the base ramp. deck. <laughs> it jumps off the ramp into the other big hole and fucking takes <laughs> off. And I'm like, holy shit, this all happens and. But fucking thirty seconds time, not even three seconds. Yeah, felt yeah exactly. But felt like three seconds. It just was all happening now, and I'm like, well, I'm gonna catch the other one. We're gonna double up. I didn't. It scared off, but what's I never, the, I never ended up, I never ended up down by them. And no, I, I, I almost though. think I should have chased you down, swam through the river, jumped into the pool after it. <laughs> I almost think the quest for what is out there still far outweighs what what you've lost. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know? Just redemptions. I think for me, it's like, man, I want to, I want to go and. Make you know it what the happen. worst redemption? Like you said, like you said, learn from what I fucked up on last time and not do that again and make it happen the next time. I think that's what drives me, especially too. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I mean, I appreciate every fish I catch. I learn from everyone. I love every one of them. But I want that fifty. I want a fifty. I'm not gonna beat around the bush with it. That's why I'm going to kind of gear and cater things differently to try to put myself in better position to find that size of fish. Yeah, that, that'll come. But, I mean, that's the future there. Big-ass water. That's where, yeah, and that's where you start, you know, you're always looking, like, where's that next one at me? What's that one that's really going to drive me to where I'm just shaking for days after? And that's, I think that's, and, and, and for myself, that's a 50. When I see that fish, it's going to be, oh, boy, I'm going to be in bad shape. Speaking about learning from your mistakes, one summer, I when I lived over in Hubbard, I was beating up on those hybrids, man. Beating up on them. Every day I was down there in Jace's spot. I was cursing him. I, I know you See were. freaking guy's truck? No, flatten his tires. But, yeah, I was down there every day. And then I was down there one day with my old man. I was like, hey, watch this, old man. I, th- I slapped the clouser down, hybrid hit it. And it pulled line, pulled line, pulled line. Into my backing, it boom. I was like, ah! My my backing knot broke. 
So, so I went and I saw my, my fly line kind of swimming around. I went and I grabbed it and I hand lined the fish in. So learning from my mistakes, I changed all my backing knots. <laughs> yeah, but, but how long was that backing knot there? Oh, it... That without was, ever being used. No, that was the summer that I was beating up on the hybrids, and they were taking me close to the backing, but I was also carp fishing like crazy, and they were getting me to my backing. So that knot was going in and out of the guides, and I just never... This is before the kid. Yeah, before the kid. I, I could do as I wished. I was working afternoon, so daylight, I was going carp fishing before work. And that knot was going in and out of the guides. Boom, 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 boom. Every time I catch a carp. And I've been afraid I to lose a whole fly it. line. That's uh, that's Ooh, never gonna be that'd fun. That'd be scary. Oh, you know, be like, yeah, just to watch it go by, like just with a, you know, I can see breaking one, you know, or, you know, long forecast oh, or something stupid happens. But if a fish swim off of my uh, eighty foot fly line, I'm gonna be like, oh shit! But you know how bad this looks on a seventeen or eighteen pound hybrid. That could happen. Yeah, it's about it's the only fish you're gonna lose one on. Somebody's gonna come up like. Big oh, steelhead. Look Big at steelhead that. Gets you too. But I'm telling you what. You don't have the room that, though. <laughs> Handline that fishing was uh, fun. Bit, eh, maybe. Still, oh, a big wiper. Still you got him, right? Clouser for the win. Yeah, man. Handline for the win. What was that? What are you about? A you about a nine weight, huh? Uh, my eight weight. That, that'll what, what I ask arms, arms, arms about a nine oh, weight. What am I? Oh no, I'm a oh, three that weight. Oh, back then though. Yeah. I'm a three weight. Oh, you were you were huge back then. Though, You're yeah. a butter stick. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> bread and butter. <laughs> oh shit. Yeah, did no. We hit everything. Got it. I think so. Go ahead, Jay. Keep rocking. Check out the Predator fly gear. Uh, they've got all the nice stuff. You know what I mean? I still rock my cup hard. I like that stuff. You gotta go figure out where I left my beanie at. It's probably your house, Chad. It'd be nice if we got sun <laughs> so we could wear their nice sun I hoodies, wore it here. I don't have it, though. So check those guys out, Predator Fly Gear. Check out Sims Fishing at simsfishing.com. Oh, it's Dwarf Genetics. Find them Urban Fly Company. Hit me up. Let me know what you're looking for. Eric Sooks. Find them at ericsooks.com. Shout out them guys that were uh, getting to fish the Streamer Love Fest. Rock on. And what do we else? Yeti, built for the wild. Why not fishing? Check them out. Check out their app, the dock. And uh, any upcoming guest chat? Uh, next week, I think we're open. As far as I know, we're gonna do a little morning show. So if anybody wants to bullshit with us in the morning while we're having bloody marys, oh, it's gonna be hit deer us up. steak and eggs, right? Yeah, hit us up on uh, Instagram, SVS Fishing, uh, or on FaceSpace. Hit us up on uh, any of our personal pages. How soon is our tying night? Next Friday. Next Friday. So yeah, this could be the last podcast before the tie night. We probably should have hit on that at the beginning of the show when people were still listening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're definitely not now. I no. just brought it off the top of my head. I was trying to think of anything else. I'm sorry. Friday. I should have thought I should have thought of it earlier. We've got quite a few already engaged in our comments. So. Oh, I was going to say. If anybody's still listening, come to our flying night. Flying night. Fly tying. Not, not tying. Tie flying. We're tie flying, right? Yeah. Absolutely. We're going to tie flies. Or fly ties. Free egg yarn. Hey, if you're out here and you're still listening, go on Amazon and buy the Orvis Beginner Guide to Carp Flies, 101 Patterns, and How and When to Use Them by Dan Frazier. Check him out, DC Frazier. Take a kid out fishing. Yeah, man, show the kid your interest. Take the initiative. It's going to take time and patience and, uh, you know, starting at the right place to if you're trying to move forward and progress a fisherman along. 
you get it? Eighty thousand bucks gone. Where in the fuck did you spit it? You must have eyes on your back, cause you got money to the ceiling. And the bigger the cap, the bigger the pillin', the better I'm feeling, the more that I'm chilling, willing, drilling, and killing the Who's that bucket naked cook? Fixing three coat meals. Getting goosebumps when a body taps a six inch heel.